I'm ready. Bish, are you ready? I'm pumped. Vice On Captain, fire. are you ready? I was born ready, Lukey. <laughs> I like it. Oh, the trouble is you're still wearing what you were born in. Put something on, you ugly oh, no, little man. Ladies and yes, it's a studio audience which is besides themselves. Or, or should I say beside himself. It is time for the Man Cave. It is Friday, February 2nd. Powerball has gone up. It's all happening live from our Canberra studios, from our, our, our Canberra Bureau. Bureau, the Canberra Bureau. Adam McDonald, the vice... Here he is. The, the vice captain of the Man Cave is with us, looking resplendent in what can only be described as BP Green. Michelle Kerry, good morning to you. Good morning. Bishow. Bishow. I called you Kerry. I called you yeah, your maiden name. Well, that's my name. old name. That's a long time ago. Gee, that was a long Kira. time ago. Well, You're lucky I even re- remembered to respond to that one. <laughs> Being Bishop for quite I think a while we're all now. lucky that you managed to respond to anything. Very true. Very yeah. true. I've had a late night already. Uh, have you? Yeah, been out with a man, with uh, Anthony Mundine, with Chalk. I can't uh, wait. Out at a Dragon's uh, dinner. So there you go. Okay. We'll, I, we'll hear what's happening with Anthony Mundine because mm-hmm. he's a polarising character. He is. Sometimes he says stuff that you think, what, Chuck? What are you, where are you going? He was a magnificent athlete, um, a footballer, a boxer, could have played in the NBL in basketball. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he says things and you go, Chuck, what? What? What are you on? What's I, going on? I remember once saying, and I know you're a fan of Chuck's, but Big I remember fan of he Chuck's. came out and he said something one day and I said, I wonder if Anthony Mundine's arsehole ever gets jealous because of the shit that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> You know what? He'd even laugh at that himself. Big, massive uh, showman. Uh, the real Chalk, the real Mandine, um, Anthony Mundine, quite humble and uh, very interesting. L- he's humble? Very humble. Very yes, humble. Yes, I've, I've heard the same. I've and you heard get the to same. know him it's, as a person, yet totally different. Yeah, as two, I say, there's yeah, two people. There's two different two different Chalks. There's one, the public one, where it's all brash and brash, and bash, but he's quite a... Quite an intelligent thinker and, and he's, he's quite when deep. he was uh, selling uh, tickets for fights. He's um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was all, sh- was it all showbiz? Lots of it's all show. Very, very passionate about his all the indigenous causes, though. I have to say, he hasn't um, given up on any of that. Very, very strong. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of the the. Hoo-ha was all about putting bums on seats in the boxing arena. So it was very smart. Mm. Yeah. He polarised people. Oh, he did. But that's because not many people really knew him. Mm. Is that what you're... That's exactly yeah. right. But the more people that yep. get to see him in the corporate world right now, because he spends a lot of time in that arena, the more pe- people see him do the stuff that he does in the Indigenous community, uh, they well, sort of the penny drops and they go, ah, oh, that's, that's the real yeah, man, yeah, Mundine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Michelle Bishop is with us, um, a sports reporter to the stars. Adam McDonald, the vice captain of the Man Cave, the star of the TV show Aussie Pickers. Former, former star For- of former show. Let's get, let me say it instead of you today, Lukey. But is there a chance of a reboot? Because there's plenty of room for it. Oh, there's plenty. There's plenty of room for it. Look, I have people sniffing around it all the time, but yeah. But what about the you know, show? It's yeah, <laughs> as, as well as the show. Um, but anyway, You're I'd be keen. Tonight, I'd be keen to go. Lukey. Yeah, he's, he's ready it. to go. Bish, look out. Yeah. What do you call you, Key Keegan? Key, well, it Kieran. was actually Kieran, but uh, yeah. 
but you can't. But we can't spell it, can we? No, it's really That's difficult. Really difficult. Yeah. But when I first uh, knew Michelle many many years ago, when we did, uh, I was presenting on another radio station. Michelle did Saturday Sport with me, and you were Michelle Kieran then, I think. Yep. Yeah. K e i g h r a n. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's Bisho now, uh, folks. Powerball's gone off. Two tickets. Did we win any of us? Well, what do you mean us? If I won, it certainly yeah. wouldn't be us. Okay. <laughs> I'd share. <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd give you 10 bucks to go down and get me a coffee. Yeah, I'd, buy, <laughs> I'd buy a schooner. Yeah. $200 million Powerball jackpot. Two winning tickets have shared this record. At least, and this is where I'm looking at you, Brother Adam, at least one entry was bought in New South Wales or the ACT. Oh, yes. That's me too. All right. I the, bought one in Bungers and one in Canberra. The location of where the second ticket was bought has not yet been revealed. Oh. The winning numbers for draw 1446 were 12, 33, 23, 35, 1, 26 and 32. And the Powerball was 10. There were 22 winners of the Division 2 prize. They all claimed about 177,000 each. But you know what I wish? And I'm just speaking out loud. I wish... That's something like $200 million. Don't you wish there were 200 people who won? It would be fantastic. Are you with me? I just want my mortgage yes. paid off. Then I'll be happy. Yeah. What would you do with $200 million, Vice Captain? Oh, I've got no idea. I'd buy, a couple, I'd buy, I'd buy every, all the family a couple of houses each or a, or a, or a big McMansion each. Um, I'd probably go on a holiday and then I would probably go on a whirlwind buying trip buying collectibles um, and just fill a big a big shed up and drag some you shit would just home. Drag I don't shit I don't know. <laughs> I know. I would just yeah, I'd be the worst hoarder. It would be unbelievable. But I'd be where are you this time? Today I'm in Pakistan buying five <laughs> split red... split string combis. Like I would be everywhere. <laughs> but it'd would, be my life. But ch- would, ch- just chasing the ultimate pick. But Vice Captain, would you still have the killer picker instinct or would you become soft? Would you still Look, be driving for the hard there, bargain? There, there, there's a thing, and it's it's I'm like fourth generation tight ass. Like I'll, I'll haggle to get oh, on the bus. That's so not me. Like I don't I don't care how much money's in my pocket. If I can get it cheaper, I'm going for it. I mean, I I find it it's like a sport. Who's who's the better haggler? It doesn't matter. I mean, if I think something's worth five hundred bucks, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer three hundred. You don't have to take it. I don't, I don't have a gun. I don't have, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it's, to me, it's, it's a game. To me, it's a, it's, it's, oh, I no. love the banter. I, I love the, 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 I love Pay it. it and get out of there. Yeah, I love it. I'll make the time. When you've got $200 million, Bish, you got time. You Listen, got time you know what I'd do? Like. I'd go, I'd, I'd go and buy an island and I'd sit on it till the Super Bowl and then I'd start my world tour and I'd go to every single possible sporting event right around the world. Wouldn't miss, it'd be bucket list stuff for yeah, me. Yeah, see, yeah, I'd be a I'd be a massive sports fan like UFC and and I'd go to them all. Um, and I'd buy the, my family. I'd Premier buy every League. member of my family a house, but in a different state. <laughs> yeah, a long way away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idaho. <laughs> go, righto, bugger off. I love you yeah, all. Off, but... I love you all. Now listen, brother, brother Stephen, love you very much. And here's a pigeon because the tel- the telephone yeah. doesn't reach that far. I got you a lovely three bedroom house well, you know what in we... Danny Do. <laughs> Hi to my family when, if you're listening. When I, was doing... I do love you. When I was doing pickers, we used to talk about it. When we were out in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere, we would we'd talk about building a destination hotel. 
Mm-hmm. So with two hundred million, you could go out to somewhere like Dunny Do and just build like an oasis, like a mini Las Vegas. Yes. Where you go to this hotel and you don't have to do anything else because you're at the hotel. It could be anywhere, and the weather's beautiful and there's pools. There's a nine hole golf course. There's gym, spa, sauna, and you could just and a mini casino and you could just build this like a mini Las Vegas and it just called it it'd just be like a destination hotel. It'd be awesome. I tell you what. Um, I'd throw some money at that. I tell you what, my husband has a boring idea. He said just put it in the bank, mm. spend a little bit, and just live off the interest. Yeah. I mean, how that's yeah. not well, exciting. It's well, smart, but well, it's certainly not mate, exciting. I, don't, I would actively try and spend every single cent before I left. <laughs> and no inheritance. I left. would actively try and blow the lot. Yeah, I, I, Wonder Boy's I, on his own. One triple three five three is the telephone number. If you won two hundred million. What would you do with it? And uh, we'll have a prize for the most creative answer. Um, like, what's on your bucket list? Would you go on a worldwide tour of the world's greatest sporting events like Bishwood? You'd go to every mm-hmm. – um, you'd go to the US Open, the French Open, uh, Wimbledon. There, um, would you go to a, an FA Cup? Oh, you'd go to – you, you, what, What's on your sporting – you'd have to go and watch an Ashes series – at Lords, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. NASCAR, NBL, I'd be all over everything. And I'd NBA? Also get NBA, yeah, oh, sorry, F- NBA. The F1s. F1s, and I'd also get liposuction. <laughs> Would you get that? You... Absolutely, I'm on a tighter bum. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> Just putting it out there. She's tighter putting, she's putting her tighter bum out there, folks. <laughs> what would you spend the money on? One triple three five three. Incidentally, caller of the week this week. Guess what? Caller of the week wins a Triple M T-shirt, a hose from Aussie Hoses, a liter of Swift Grow, a Pestrol Terminator uh, Mozzie Fly Zapper uh, gadget, and um, anything else we can find here. Oh, I was hoping it was liposuction, and, but no. And liposuction. So the, 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 <laughs> that was the, a bit of suction. The, Jesus, Bisho. Um. Have you seen? Have you seen foot? Have you seen? Have you seen it being done? Yes, I looked it up on the internet. It's YouTube. not a pretty. It, it, it's yeah, terrible. It's, I've, I've, I don't know why I've You'd seen have to it. Put it me is, I've seen it. I don't know why I've seen it. Okay, but I've also but, gone yeah, on the YouTube. Process. I've also gone on the YouTube and I've seen how they make hot dog frankfurts. And I don't. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it, sorry, what's the connection? <laughs> hot dog frankfurts and liposuction. I'm actually never eating well, a hot dog again. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying you, you look behind the scenes on anything, and you are in for a shock. Yeah. But anyway, um, so all our callers this morning here on the man cave are all also in the draw for call of the week but because it is the man cave i'm going to come up with some individual little goodies and giveaways to give away just willy-nilly throughout the morning Mm -hmm. so why don't you join us if there's something that's happened this week um is is it something that i've covered here on the night shift we get to uh, review it and we get to talk about it so uh so jump on board if you've never ever rung before I reckon the man cave is a very good reason and a very good day to ring. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Michelle Bishop, sports expert to the stars. Uh, Adam McDonald, Mister Memorabilia, uh, is also with us in our Canberra. He's our Canberra chief bureau, <laughs> and he's uh, vice captain of the man cave, founding member of the man cave all those very years ago. Very important position. Um, there's plenty of other stuff I want to talk about. Um, I don't know quite where to start. The shark attack Mm. on that young lady in Sydney, in Sydney Harbour this week has not just got Australia talking but it's got the world talking and 
this time the world is talking about bull sharks. We've spoken to an expert on bull sharks during the week, and they're a frightening creature because they sort of don't discriminate. They bite first and then look later. Mm -hmm. Extremely aggressive. But the thing is, they can adapt to fresh water. And that's why you see them up those canals on the Gold Coast in Queensland. And you can find them way upstream in Sydney on the Parramatta River. And, And they've evolved so much so that they can live in fresh water. So that's where they breed because there aren't saltwater predators there. Mm-hmm. And then they, they they're unbelievable. Makes sense. That lady is lucky to be alive. I don't know how many litres of blood you have in your body. Is it five litres or something? Well, she lost nearly all of it, but she survived thanks to a vet mm. who raced out that night hearing her screams and applied first aid. And that vet saved her life and the paramedics, but they were lucky to save her leg. But if there's anyone listening that's got a bull shark story, there, we, we broadcast to so many different people from so many different walks of life. There might be a paddy diver out there or, or a, like George Costanza. Is there a marine biologist out there? <laughs> is there a, I watched that yesterday, that, that episode. How funny is that episode? The sea was angry that day, my friends. Is it a, is it a Titleist? The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to return soup in a deli. <laughs> I looked into the eye of the great fish, mammal, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, if there's anyone out there who knows anything about bull sharks, have you had an encounter with a bull shark? What do you know about them? Uh, please share it with us. But the world is talking about this. And so the, um, the experts have said, do not ever go swimming in Sydney Harbour. Mm, I've done that before, though. And people have come out and said... That's not going to stop me. I'm still going to swim. Mm. So what do you do with people like that? If they get bitten? Let them get eaten. Well, that's... That's their Yeah, that's the chance choice. you take. Like, it's... If, you can't outlaw people swimming in Sydney Harbour, but that's the that's the chance you take. If you're going to swim, that's, it's the bull sharks area. That's where they are. It's, that I it's think on it's um, irresponsible, and I'm sticking my hand up here because this was, you know, many years ago. Uh, we used to, on Australia Day, hire a ferry and jump off in, in harbour and jump off and the kids were only like two, four and we had a nice little swim and it was only a, about six months later where there was an actual attack in Sydney Harbour um, and I thought, wow, and we, you know, we weren't educated into, you know, not swimming there. So now as a parent, I think that's probably a little bit irresponsible. Maybe something should be said to them but if you're 18 and you're willing to, you know, jump into the water and enjoy yourself, you take the risk. Yeah, well, me and um, me and my oldest friends, we still get together every Super Bowl. We go to the Super Bowl, big Super Bowl party at Luna Park. Mm-hmm. Then one of the boys is quite well off and has got this big super yacht. So the super yacht picks us up and then we go over to Middle Harbour and we swim all afternoon and then go into Darling Harbour for dinner. It's quite a big, long lunch uh, with my oldest friends. And we, we've never even thought about it, about shark attacks. So we're in the water for hours and hours on that afternoon. Um mm. But you know that's the well, that's we all know the risk. That's mm. that's no, that's that's it's you know we live in a country where you take these risks because that's 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 the the lifestyle we live. Yeah. Uh, there's risks and then there's risks, which takes me to another topic we brought up on the on the uh, on the man cave on the night shift uh, this week. Uh, you might have seen last week footage of that young boy jump uh, going th- over a barrier, jumping off the cliff face at Warrywood Beach and Sydney's northern beaches to jump into what's called the blowhole. 
Um, and we live within eyeshot of that headland, Bish. And every Saturday we see the red Westpac helicopter way over in the distance hovering. Yes. And Nikki and I will go, oh, there we are, the blowhole. Yeah. And people get themselves into trouble. We've also seen footage... Oh, oh, you would have seen the footage of that young 15-year-old surf lifesaver volunteer go out and rescue this oh, yes, kid. Yep, the young and, girl. Yep. And she put her life at danger to, mm. to rescue him. So what do you do when the warnings are there and people deliberately don't adhere to those warnings, climb over barrier fences for a, a, a better selfie, mm-hmm. or they jump off a cliff into the raging water at Wariwood into a blowhole for a thrill? Or even they just de- deliberately don't swim between the flags because they don't want to. There's too many people there, and they need to be rescued. Do we need a? F- is, is there some sort of a fine? Well, that you- I think it, I think as a big deterrent for those type of people who want to, you know, will literally put other people at risk in trying yeah. to rescue them. Um, for instance, not swimming between the flags. Maybe there should be a little bit of a bill that the, the rescue bill. bill that gets sent to them. Like if yeah, something happens at home and you need an ambulance. You know, a month later you get the $550 bill if you don't have private insurance and, and you've got to whack up for it. So maybe that should happen. That would be a huge deterrent. How do you deter people from being stupid? Absolutely or, it would. Or is it just nature? Is it Darwinism? I mean, what do you, how do you deter people? Well, there's no such thing as Darwinism anymore. There's no such thing as it because we're all so, you know, there's there's no such thing as Darwinism. But I think you've nailed it there. Um, every Every... Um, rescue that happens outside the flags or in the blowhole, whatever you do, you get the bill. Like because these these people are all volunteers that are um, mm. rescuing people. They're not. That's not a paid job. It's their <clears throat> it's their Saturday afternoon where they could be swimming themselves, but no, they're looking after these peanuts that are uh, doing stupid the things. So I, mean, I think that's a great great. Yeah. What do you I do with someone idea. who jumps over a safety barrier with safety warnings and leans out over a cliff at the Blue Mountains for a selfie? What do you do? Bury them. <laughs> Eventually, yes. Eventually, yes. One, State funeral? One, one, oh, Bish. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, look, there's uh, there's all sorts of other things I wanted to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about Australia's road toll. And we'll do that also sometime this morning. I spoke to our motoring editor, James Ward, who is the content director for drive.com.au, and he has his own TV show on Channel 9. And the uh, the road toll figures for 2023 came out last week. And, folks, it ain't good. Mm. In fact, it's the worst it's been in 17 years. It's terrible. Now, we have safer cars than ever, ever before. But there are more cars on the road. That's right. But why are there more deaths? The frustrating thing for me, and Thomas and I were chasing this, we want to see the full breakdown of those figures mm. when, they, uh, when they're released. Like, what age group is the worst age group? Mm. Are more accidents happening at night? Is it the older Australians who are getting into trouble? The younger ones? Uh, what demographic, male, female? Um, are these accidents involving alcohol, fatigue, mm. um, and, and that sort of thing? We need to break that down before we can pull it apart. Yeah. Looking at the bigger picture, though, I'll just put my two cents worth in here. I think that we're so much more relaxed at the wheel because there's so much more that's done for us. I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, going over into uh, the right-hand lane and the car goes beep, 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 and we come back. Yep. I mean, we're lazy parkers. Um, we're worrying about the phone. Um, which is, you know, a complete disaster, really. You know, you, when tech, not even if you're not, if you're doing it all legal, it's still 
taking your attention away from what's happening on the roads. I agree with you. I reckon today's modern cars, because I bought Nikki a new car for her birthday, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a screen on it and whiz-bangery. In fact, as I call it, it's filled with white man's magic. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's almost chaos. If you're getting into it's a car now and you're trying to work out, how, I actually have a hire car at the moment coming up from Canberra this morning. I couldn't work out how to put cruise control on and I thought I'm, I'm going to be in trouble here. So I literally had to pull over and have a good look in this Kia at how you put cruise control on. But you just there's just so much that's done for you. I think we're just a little bit relaxed behind the wheel these days. That's right. You know, cruising. I'm having the customers come into my car park at the auction house the, the amount of people that I see trying to reverse park, they don't look at mirrors, they look at no, screens. Yeah. That's scary. See, like I'm old-fashioned. Can't do yeah, that. The, the cars today are breeding dumb drivers. That's mm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in the day when we got our licences, you had your rear vision mirror, your side mirrors, you had first, second, third, fourth, and reverse, and a clutch, and all this stuff that you had to know. You had to be acutely aware of what your car's doing because mm. you're in control. Now, you can press a button and the bloody car parks for himself. Yeah. This is this is the problem. Mm. It's it, it's like you said, Bish. It's lazy drivers. Like we're just breeding lazy drivers. These new cars. The more technology comes in, the worse drivers we're we're, we're becoming. I, I, so as I said, we haven't got the breakdown of these figures. All we know is more people died on Australian roads last year than for many many years. The other thing, and uh, I've got musically a treat for us coming up in a sec. Mm. But the other thing to come out of these figures is that Australia's road rage is at an all time high. Uh, since COVID, there have been more reported cases of road rage than ever before. Now, maybe we see more of them because everyone's got a dash cam and we see things that we yeah, didn't Yeah, because I reckon road rage yeah. has been around forever. I can remember you? Oh, seeing yeah, people, absolutely. probably not as violent um, and as outrageous, but we've all given the finger and we've all pulled up at satellites. Not, I'm not actually saying I have, but I've seen it as a kid where, you know, one guy gets out and is going to flog the other guy because he didn't indicate or whatever. I think we've, yeah, I, I just think that we see it a lot more now because it's there, it's on film, it's captured on these, these um, God forbid, anyone that wants to sit at home and watch dash cam for entertainment, it just does my head in. Justin, Vi- are yeah. you listening? My husband does it regularly. <laughs> Vice, ca- Vice Captain Adam McDonald, do you think Australians are getting angrier or are we just seeing more of it? Uh, I just think with phones and dash cams, I think we're seeing more of it. Just here's a little tip. This, it was this morning. Now, yesterday morning, I'm driving to work. Um, and as you know, Canberra, there's some big open roads between suburbs. So I'm driving and this big, um, what I call one of these big stupid utes, sort of pulls in front of me. There was a tiny gap there, probably wasn't big enough. Oh, yeah. So I gave him I gave him a friendly toot and mm. um, raised my middle finger just to let him know, oh, yep, you're in now, uh, move on. And then driving up and, you know, you get to that awkward spot where you pull up next to it and they're sitting next to you at the yes. lights. Yeah, we've all been there. So, did, you do, did, so, did you do the stare ahead or did you do Oh, yeah. No, no, no. So I'm always make contact and just give him a wave. Sorry about giving you the finger, but you need to be a better driver. But I looked over and it was one of the Raiders' first grade rugby league oh, players. And I'll tell, you'll have to I'll tell, tell you who it is. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who it was. One off. But um, there was a... Oh, a sorry about... So, so, yes, it was a big white ute. Yeah, okay. I can, and it was yeah. a... Sorry, sorry about that, mate. And then I gave that I'm not looking back at him ever again. <laughs> I, I, did reel, I did reel it in really quickly. Well. Can I just give you all and everyone listening a little bit of advice? Um, yes. If you ever get the shits with a cyclist, especially a lycra-clad don't cyclist, especially <laughs> tempting as it is, yeah, no, don't hit them. But uh, especially when they're in a pack, 
if they do something that gives you the shits, don't wind down your window. Give them a, an absolute verbal fall and then go on because if you stop at the next set of lights, they catch up very quickly and they are in a pack. <laughs> so just, just don't harass cyclists either. Hey, I listen, like listen, one triple three five three Australia, join us for the conversation, and uh, you could win call of the week. But look, it's the man cave. We're here to have some fun. If you've got a positive story, if you've got a funny story, if you can make us laugh, you get extra caller of the week points. One triple three five three. Uh, Michelle Bishop, sports expert to the stars, Adam McDonald, Mr. Memorabilia. If you've got a, a question for Adam, if there's uh, something old in your garage or maybe there's a garage sale down the road, uh, if, if there's something you want to buy and you want to know what it's worth, Adam is your expert. If you've got an old cricket bat, a bit of some old sporting memorabilia, an old game of Twister, whatever, it could be worth something. Adam's going to be on Channel 7 later this morning talking about collectible DVDs. Yes. And one of the Very most exciting. collectible is <laughs> the, the, the Aussie, Aussie Pickers Aussie, Season 2. Anyway, Aussie Pickers Season 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah very few made. There, it is a collector's item. But anyway, if you've got something that you'd like Adam to have a look at, we're happy to do that for you too here on The Man Cave. 13353 is the telephone number. Now, am I excited? Thomas, tell the folks why we're excited musically. Well... We've got a night shift first here tonight. A world first. A world first. It's been under an embargo up until now. We've done this before. We did it with the Beatles' new single. We were the first in the world to play it. And the Stones. And the Rolling Stones. Stones. Adam, that was on our watch, wasn't it? That's right. This is exciting. We have the new Billy Joel single. The iconic Billy Joel is today announcing his first new song in 17 years. It's called Turn the Lights Back On. And we here on the night shift, on the man cave, are going to be the first to play it now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Bring it. I'm ready. Uh, Am I ready? Are you ready? (laughs) I am ready. (laughs) Obviously not. For the very first time, Turn the Lights Back On. Here it is, Billy Joel's brand new single. You will all know where you were when you heard it because you heard it here on Triple M. Well, there you are. That is Billy Joel's brand new hit. First new song in 17 years. It's called Turn the Lights Back On. He's gone back to his roots. He's still got it though, isn't he? He's singing ballads. We can hear his piano. Mm. He's singing great songs. Did you notice the, um, the, the chord progression in that? Very, very similar to this mm. very similar listen to those chords same she can kill with a smile I'm impressed she can wound with I'm impressed eyes. at the level of detail she can ruin your it's a talent with her casual same lies. chords as soon as you said it it was like and she the lights went on what she wants you did I did with that she hides <laughs> like a child, but she's always a woman to me. Yeah. There you go. Just, just thought I'd point that out. I, I picked it straight away. It's very, very similar, but nothing wrong with that. And there's a little bit of Piano Man in there as well, if you listen to the chord right. progression. Mm-hmm. But uh, there you go. Turn the lights back on. It's the first time it's been played anywhere in the world. It was embargoed until right now. And uh, you heard it first here on the night shift on the Triple M Network one triple three five three 
is our telephone number. Jump on board and let's finish the week with a bit of fun. There's lots to talk about, plenty more topics to, to talk about. Bisho's bursting. Adam McDonald always looks like he's bursting. He's got <laughs> he's got plenty to say. And if you need Adam's advice on memorabilia, jump on board and have a crack at that too. One triple three five three. Hey, listen, if it's green and it grows, you will love Swift Grow. Have you put Swift Grow in your garden yet? I have now. What's happened? It's going beautifully. Unbelievable. Only, it's only been about a week and a half to to two weeks. So yeah, yeah. You, you, I reckon you notice the difference with Swift Grow after three or four days. We had dead lawn at the front of our place, and um, it was like, almost as though someone put Roundup on it. Mm-hmm. And Nick, and Nikki said, "Oh no, is that an army worm? Is this what's going on here?" And she put Swift Grow and Swift Life on this lawn, mm-hmm. and it fixed it in three days. And the next door neighbour said, "Did you put new turf down?" Oh, there you go. Swift Grow. It's the amazing organic, all Australian fertilizer. Everyone's raving about it. Here is the deal. I'll a five-litre bottle for just 120 bucks, and it's delivered anywhere in Australia. So why don't you put it on your garden, in your hanging plants, your indoor plants, your vegetables will taste better. If it's green and it grows, you will love Swift That's Grow. That's where we've put it, veggie garden. That's where you've put it? That's where we've put it, yeah. Oh, wait till you see. Mm. Have a look, and, uh, and they'll, they'll grow huge. And uh, they'll taste better too. Swiftgrow.com.au. We will take a break and we will come back and we'll talk to you, Australia. One triple three five three is the number. It's the man cave. It's how we like to finish the week with a bit of a, a bit of a laugh. We have a lighter look at the news. Um, we look at some of the news stories that we've talked about here on the night shift throughout the week, and I get uh, my guests' thoughts, and we want your thoughts. We want you to jump on board, and uh, we'll give away some goodies. As the morning goes on, one triple three five three is the telephone number. Yeah, I'd like to hear from anyone that's had an encounter with a shark, uh, particularly with a bull shark. They are just terrifying things. There was one that was found in Sydney Harbour not so long ago, and they tagged it and released it. It was three metres. Scary stuff. It's a big fish, isn't it? Um, I love the uh, fact that we always do think at a beach... You're just going in up to your knees that you're safe. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. In fact, we've known about this for quite some time because back in 1963, there was a, a, a famous actress by the name of Marcia Hathaway. Now, Marcia Hathaway was at Middle Harbour, close to where the Roseville Bridge is now. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. And she was in thigh deep water. And when I was working at another radio station, Bish, I, I was talking about this, and a bloke rang up, and he said, when I was a kid, I was fishing with my dad in a tinny, and we saw the attack happen on Marcia Hathaway. Oh, wow. He said, I'll remember it for the rest of my life. Always you would. And they went over in their boat to try and, to try and help her. This was 1963. Mm. She was in thigh-deep water in Middle Harbour, yeah. up near where the Roseville Bridge is now, and that was then thought to have been a, a bull shark. They're very, very aggressive. Um, so what do we just all now stop swimming? I mean, even if you swim between the flags at the beach, you still, well, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees, no. is there? Yeah. But if you take no. all the precautions, like you don't go uh, swimming, at you know, six o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon. Cause it's, isn't it feeding time? I mean, I'm no expert, but if you try and follow some of the rules, um, I mean, you know, you've just mentioned yourself in some of those canals. I mean, I've watched so many different documentaries, 
uh, there at Surface Paradise, you wouldn't get my little toe in that water. Could let I, alone sure. can my I body. just? Can I just? Uh, sorry, Vice Captain, just quickly, and I'll, I'll hand it over to you in a minute. But this is just something else connected to the recent shark attack in Elizabeth Bay in Sydney. Uh, Lauren O'Neill, who's lucky to be alive. How is it that the very personal photograph of her horrific injuries while she was on the operating table, Mm. how did that photo get leaked? Who in that operating theatre takes out a phone, takes a photo of her badly mauled leg and then releases it? Had, that is appoling. Well, that is such an, a. There is an investigation. Okay, sorry, Bish, go on. You know more about yeah, this. Yeah, well, there's actually an investigation. Um, they're, they're looking into obviously the police officers, the uh, the, the paramedics, the ambulance officer officers that were involved, um, because it is it is a massive invasion of somebody's privacy. Yeah. Um, I, it, you, I've actually seen the picture myself, and so ugh. how did you get it? Oh well, yeah, I just because to, you know people who well, know who. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you're in the media, in the media, and it was. Uh, it made its way out into the world, um, but but I, I can understand why she's upset, and and it is an invasion of privacy. Um, but you know, I, I I don't know who has actually released it. There's some someone's that taken their been, phone out, yep. in in the operating theatre, vice captain, taken yeah. a photo and then shared it. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts, Adam? I think so you guys are in the media. They would have been paid for that photo. Mm-hmm. Someone would have paid for that photo, correct? Yeah, well, they're talking about it being a paramedic. Um, that That's the latest. That's what I've heard. That but but, they, but the paramedic would have went to a media outlet and said, I've got this photo, do you want to buy it? And they would have been paid? Well, that's normally what happens, but I'm, I'm not suggesting that in, the, in this case. Sure. Um, what yeah, I believe sure. is that the paramedic took the photo, passed it on innocently to somebody to say, hey, look at this. Shit, look at this. And, Could have know, been innocent. And uh, well, we, I, I think that the paramedic sort of saying, well, it was poor judgment, probably didn't think about it. Uh, as as hard as what I should have. I'm in a job that I'm supposed to be responsible. He'll get and, caught. Yeah, they'll um, trace it, won't yeah. they? Yeah, he should get caught. He should get caught, and he should be dealt with because that it, it's it's a massive um, breach of privacy. Like you're you, you you're, you're the worst state you could ever be in, and you've got to worry about someone's taking a, a snap of you. Like it's it's that's terrible. I mean, yeah. and let's be honest, he's taken a photo of this one. Is there any others he's taken just for? Or he or she's taken just for shits and giggles, mm. or just for for their own—that's their morbid fascination. And then this is the only one that's been leaked. Like it's a—it's a huge thing to be having a phone out in a in a situation. There like that. is actually confirmation in the last couple of hours that a paramedic is behind it. A New South Wales ambulance has actually confirmed that. So there you go. Oh. I mean, imagine complete. if a member of your family was in a car accident, just for example, and the first responders yeah, exactly right. w- w- whip out a, a telephone. And take a photo and share it with their friends of of your your family's horrific car accident. It's a, remember that remember that oh. remember that dickhead who took a photo. Remember that dickhead who took a photo of the police that crashed after they were chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His, also, his, was it Kobe his, Bryant? Didn't car. something similar happen to Kobe Bryant? Was that um was that the, the helicopter accident? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think that that, that also happened well, in that case. Does this too. only? But that that fellow with the that fellow with the police um, the photo, he got the book thrown at him. Mm. Mm. I think he did jail time over it, did he not? Or he did jail time over some other stupid thing uh, he did. Yeah. He, he, he said, I can't remember. I can't remember. But um, it's a pretty bad situation where people are taking photos in that in that arena. Is it, is it because they're getting paid by the slut media that pays for these things? 
or is it purely, my God, look at this, I've got to show someone, wow, look look at this horrific injury. Can you believe this, yeah. Fred? It's almost human nature, isn't it? That you and and you'd sort of probably, if that was the intention, if this if this uh, paramedic has sort of thought, well, oh gosh, I want to take a picture of that, and then showed a family member or a mate, um, you know, passing it on innocently, uh, and then that's you've when it, gets, to, it goes sort of wild from there. Like like your photo though, in the wine glass. This it, is true, but I put it out yeah. there, so I'm responsible. I was irresponsible but in the way I put to, it out you've, there. You've got. You've got to know that once that photo gets goes to one person, it's it's like a tinderbox in a in a dry mm. bush. You know, like it, that's going to blow up. It's going to get it's going to get passed up and passed up. Um, you just can't you just can't do it. No. One triple I mean, three. This is the this is the what the state this is the state it's got to. Wonderboy went to this um, jujitsu seminar with the world's best jujitsu coach, and he said, "I don't want any phones in there." And he they had a guy at the front of the gym physically taking phones off everyone and putting and saying where's your phone it's in your bag and you put it in the locker room like that's how staunch they were on someone sitting there and filming this seminar um that that wonder boy did because he's this guy's supposed to be the guru of um jiu-jitsu and um is that this is that where we're at where you can't well you are when it comes to the nrl yep uh, absolutely when they're in when they go into camps or when they go into um, you know, well, they don't call them, refer them to them as Mad Monday, but the end of year celebrations, that's exactly what happens because they can't be trusted. Yeah. It's L- right. That's L- right. 13353 is the telephone number. By the way, just before we go to calls, is it just me or have the NRL players been particularly good during the off season? They've been good little boys. Normally, you seriously, Adam. They have, haven't they? Yeah. Usually, you hear awesome. a, a drunken yes, this, a, a toilet tyrant here. In a, fact, I'll go one step better than that to say that the two major incidents that we saw this time last year that you know went everywhere, went viral, that, that you know, the, the Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten incident in Canberra and then also the Tom Starling situation up on the Central Coast, both of those uh, situations have done a full 360 um, and police have been charged in both matters. So it's been quite exactly. a long that time. Jack- the Jack Whiten, Latrell Mitchell in Canberra. Yes, that uh, one. False evidence. I have... I have folks i have i have folks that were there that have other footage that i've seen and it, those two boys were totally innocent there was absolutely nothing at all well, I to think um, i can actually put it out there i think i told i've told you guys my 18 year old son was with them the whole night and some of the the uh, audio that you can hear on most of the vision uh, is from my son it's my son yelling at latrell saying you know it's okay calm down we'll get we'll we'll sort this this is not yeah, right. right um obviously it's been to court we've we've you know, they've been proven that absolutely they did nothing wrong. But more concerning for me yeah. was the Tom Starling situation on the Central Coast where he was out with his family um, and, and that that poor kid was dragged through the mud for 12 months. These, these guys have got to be professional athletes um, under enormous pressure. Um, and the thing that made me laugh, Luke, was when I picked up the paper and it said, oh, guess what, the two police officers are going to be charged. They were unnamed. But Tom Starling's name was splashed everywhere for 12 months and his family were degraded and, you know, it was, yeah, it was awful. One triple three five three. Lots to talk about. It's the Man Cave here on the Night Shift, Friday, February 2. Jump on board and have your say. Marcus is first caller. Marcus uh, has identified himself to Thomas as a police officer and he wants to talk about the road stats and road rage. G'day, Marcus. 
Hey, Marcus. G'day, guys. Probably a bad time to step into that yeah. conversation, just talking about corrupt police. But uh, anyway, we'll give you a go. We'll give you a chance, Ma- Ma- Marcus. Thanks, well, welcome, it was, welcome it was to the all fish. Yeah, it was all me. Yeah. Nah. So interesting. I, I work uh, police officer in the highway patrol, and it was only a couple of hours ago. I was Mate, it's dis- getting worse. <laughs> you just said oh, highway yeah. patrol. Yeah. So I was having this discussion a couple of hours ago with my offsider talking about. Um, the distractions and how, like you said, whilst they're legal, uh, we can drive with our phones with maps and stuff. Um, we're losing our observational skills. We're losing, we're running more red lights. We're, we're just not following signs. Back 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have these distractions in our car and we relied heavily on having to look at street signs. You know what? You're 100% right because one, I, this is the trap I fall into um, obviously having ways on or one of those, you know, I'm yep. new to Canberra, so I've got to try and, you know, have a GPS to know where I'm going, but also working out that whether it's 50, 60, 80, yep. and you're trying to look digitally where it says, okay, it says you, you can do 60 what here. Does your or you can't. Say? What is then, it? Yep. then you try and look for signs to say, well, hang on a minute, because you're pretty desperate to know what you're supposed to be, you know, on you're a hundred percent, right? It's, it's tough. It's, 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 um, these modern cars have made it worse for us. Yeah, and we find it daily, like just all the time people saying, oh, I didn't realise there was a stop sign there or I've just run the red light, I, I wasn't looking or and, and speeding. Yeah. They, they, oh, I didn't know what the speed limit was. Oh, my car said it was this or the GPS said it was that. But people are just losing those simple observational skills. What do we do? And the, and the, and the, the, the thing is the, the, the amount of um, different speed zones, like can go from 80 to 50, oh, then yeah. there's a school zone. And it does, you know, it, before it was... You know, back in the day, it was 60Ks if you're in suburbia. It's 110 if you're on the freeway. That's it. You know, there was two speed limits, um, maybe an 80 somewhere. But now there's 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, 80s. Like, there's so many different uh, variables um, going through. Like, there's a place in... I was speaking about this to someone the other day. There's a place in Sydney where it goes from 70 to... and, And then it hits a 40 zone. And then it goes back up to... 80 and it's just in the space of about two kilometers so mm. it, it can be um unless you're a, a local and you know the know the roads really well it can be really confusing yeah i'm mm. with you i'm with you marcus yep i want your thoughts on road rage it, it, along with these road <laughs> figures that came out last week it appears that road rage is on the up now i don't know whether there are more cases or it's just that we're seeing more because of dash cam but Assuming that road rage is on the increase, as a police officer, what are your thoughts on this? Why are Australians so angry? Oh, I think we've got... Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I wish I knew the answer, but it doesn't appear like it's on the up to me. It seems like it's sort of always been there. But, yeah, it's more prevalent now that we see it on you know, on the likes of Facebook and stuff through dash cam footage. Because that dash, that dash cam to me, would be a deterrent to playing up. Mm. Um, it, it's an argument, and I don't know whether you agree with this or not, but they reckon that if... In fact, there, there was talk of dash cams being compulsory at the beginning of next year, 2025. And the argument was threefold. One, it would make insurance premiums cheaper because it would stop all the tattooing and throwing his fault, her fault, the dash cam can actually prove what happened at the accident. Um, but it would also improve people's behaviour behind the wheel, knowing full well that everything they're doing is being watched. It would make them think twice. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. It's no different to the body-worn cameras that police have to use now. It keeps us accountable for our actions and the mm. way we speak to the public. And it also um, it changes the way that people deal with us when they know that they're being audio and visual, visual recorded. So um, you're absolutely right. It goes both ways. I'd like and, to um, know if... I think it's a great idea. I'd like to know if... Because everybody, when sober, knows that here where we're broadcasting from at Triple M Central... When sober... <laughs> Well, there are CCTV. I just love how you added the little when sober. But there are CCTV cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything up and down the main street here without it being on camera somewhere. Mm -hmm. Has that improved public behaviour? I wonder. Do people in the back of the minds go, "I won't carry on like an asshole"? Actually, or or, or even the bouncers outside clubs—they know there's cameras on them. No. Do these cameras improve behaviour? I don't think so. I I think once you're intoxicated, that's the last that's of your what thoughts. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm not. But I need to just clear something up before I let you go. Why is it? I've I've travelled along the M1 from uh, Sydney to to the Central Coast for 20 plus years. Now, obviously, living in Canberra and coming up this way to to come up to Sydney. So obviously, spending a lot of time on highways, freeways, people that choose to drive and continuously stay in the fast the right lane. The right-hand lane. Oh, yeah. it drives me spare and I never see anyone booked for it. And it almost, I haven't seen it so much from the Canberra angle, but from the Central Coast, causes accidents. Impatient drivers getting really frustrated. You know, someone's doing 90 when they should be doing 110 and then moving over. I, yeah, I reckon absolutely. it should be as bad as a mobile, people, someone on a mobile phone, you know, five points and whatever. Yeah, look, it is a ticket. It is a tickable offence for uh, if you're travelling in a zone over 80 kilometres an hour and you're in the right-hand lane and you're not overtaking, then it is actually an offence. Um, I I haven't given it out personally, but I have seen it in my office given out because some one of the uh, one of my offsiders was quite frustrated at this person doing about 60 in the 100 zone, so mm. um, pulled her over and had a chat, and then uh, and then find more offences, unlicensed, and yeah, it just goes yeah. on. And the sign that says, please keep left unless overtaking. I tell you what, um, Officer Marcus, when you're driving along a, a freeway or a highway and you're behind someone doing 90 when the speed limit's 110, and suddenly, like a wonderful oasis in the desert, up comes an overtaking <laughs> lane, and that bastard in front of you then decides to go 110, and they, so speed, they speed up when yeah. the overtaking I'm lane. I'm glad it's not just me. What's going on? I thought yeah, I had an game. idiot written on my car. Yeah, that's everybody. That's Murphy's Law for us, I think. Mm. I've, tr- I've often, because we do Truckee Tuesday here on the night shift, we talk about this shit every Tuesday, and no one's been able to successfully give me an explanation as to why people speed up when the overtaking lane appears. Mm. Hey. Oh, look, I can imagine sometimes it's extremely frustrating. My, my dad had a truck, um, obviously not, not one of the big, massive ones, but... Uh, I was a little bit educated in the way that, you know, trucks have to speed up when it, you know, try momentum. To get momentum with heels mm. and that sort of stuff. And I, I can understand how that can be very frustrating mm. when, you know, other drivers, just regular drivers in cars, they're not sort of taking any of that into consideration. But there is nothing worse. And even when you get two trucks that are side by side um, and then they that's do their little flash. Hate. Oh, yeah, that's my pet I get hate why they do it, but it's, it's unnecessary. Yeah, it's 110 and one truck's doing 105, so the other one tries to overtake it. And it takes 20 minutes for this big truck to get past it. That's, uh, that, that is quite frustrating because I go Canberra to Sydney 
twice a you know sometimes twice a week. So um, I get what you I get I get what you're saying there, Bish. It's, I'm it's, so it's, glad it's, you it's, called, it's, Marcus. You've been I've been able to bench. You're call of the week, Marcus. <laughs> so uh, far, can I can it's I actually, uh, officer, first time long time guys? So oh, yeah, officer in in uh, in memory of the great Roger Rogerson, can I offer you a bribe? <laughs> Can I can I can I give you a triple M t shirt? Are you allowed oh, to a triple M t shirt? Are you allowed to accept this? Or would you Did just you wear like it for us on duty? Or would you just like in the in, in memory of the great Sir Robert Askin and Rex Buckets Jackson, can I just give you some money in a brown paper bag and can it be de- <laughs> can it be delivered at your police station uh, very, very shortly? We'll we'll talk off the air. Well, yes, so you have to tell us where you are off air. Yeah. I hope you're not my local cop. <laughs> <laughs> But nice to meet you, Officer Marcus. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thank, thanks so no, much. Um, thanks, guys. Feel, feel free to call back any time. There you go. Thank well, you very much. All right, uh, there. So is there such thing as a police officer that accidentally stalks you? True story. In a month, the same police officer has pulled me over in four, four times in three different cars. Really? What are you me, doing? What are you doing? Me, only, only booked me once, I will say that, because it actually <laughs> became a bit of a joke. But this is no word of a lie. Last Saturday, I was driving from Bungers to Parliament House in Canberra to do sunrise, early hours of the morning. Followed me. And it's a good 20, 25 Ks from Bungador all the way to Queanbeyan when you turn off to go right. And I got a flash as in, yep, you're all good. Because this time he didn't get me for anything. <laughs> wow. that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's out there. That is. Mm. So there you go. To, to, to follow you. What did you get the ticket for the first time? Speeding. Yeah, and right. you know what? I, I, I put my hand up. I thought it was uh, I thought it was an a hundred zone, but it was eighty going up the hill there, uh, coming out of Queanbeyan. And I've told my kids, police sit there all the time. Be careful, be careful. And I got done. You know what's well, happening? I got done. I got I because, like you said, um, you being new to Canberra, I got new to Can- up being new to Canberra. I had my phone in my hand, oh. looking at a map, and I got done with that. And the photo that they send you. It is crystal clear. clear. Is it really? Like oh, because yeah. I was in because I was in wife's car, she gets a ticket and she goes, This is for you. I said, nah, I call bullshit, that's not me. And she goes, uh, Adam, have a look at the photo. And you can literally yep. read the words in my tattoos. Yes. Like it is so wow. clear. Technology it is, is unbelievable. One triple three five three. Ever ever beaten the, the uh the police or the radar photo? Give us a call. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Quickly. The quickie. The quickie. Here we love go. the quickie. We'll take three callers. I need the name of the song. I need the name of the artist. Today's quickie. And it's an 80s, obviously, because it's 80s Friday. Today's quickie sounds like this. I'm such a loser. No idea. <laughs> here, is the, here it is again. It's, very, it's brutal, Thomas. It's one of your, one of your best. Wow. I need the name of the song. I need the name of the artist. We'll take three callers. One triple three five three is the telephone number. It's the Man Cave on Friday, February 2, with Bish, the Vice Captain, and Boner. I know that was a big hit for Tina Turner, but the Vice Captain, while that was playing, you actually said it, Adam. It's a rock song, but it's a rugby league song, isn't it? Yeah, it's synonymous with rugby league. You just think of that... That that whole ad campaign was just unreal, and it was the halcyon days of rugby league back. Oh, the best! Back I had in the pom poms out. Yeah, that was such going. a good time. One triple three five three is the telephone number. The quickie. It sounds like this 
I need oh I that is, you can hear it. No, I me knowing what it is. Sounds like an electric you can, chair. You can hear it. <laughs> Listen to him. Listen, I picked the chord progression in Billy Joel's new song. Yes, so just, exactly. You did exactly. So just great attention to detail. So just pull it, put a socket it. One triple three five three. If you've got something that you think might be valuable hanging around your house, before you chuck it out on the council cleanup, ring Adam McDonald. He's an expert in memorabilia, and he'll have a look at it for you here on the radio and tell you what it's worth. One triple three five three. Adam. You are a huge Nature Bee fan. I know you are too, Bish. Absolutely. Powerpollen.com.au. What is, what's your story, Adam? Well, the story is the, you know, we've all, we've, I've banged on about it all the time. I had this um, accident and um, the, the, the doctors and the surgeons said, you've got to be prepared for setbacks with infections and, and um, complications and stuff like that. And I was sort of knee deep and said, all right, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But, um, taking the nature b now i can't put it solely down to the nature b but i did not have one complication not one sniffle not one setback not one infection not anything so i put it down to the my immune system just being at its peak um during that recovery and um it's because i was on the the two golden capsules a day of nature b and the other thing with nature b is the concentration span it gives you. You don't be needing to heating up mm. cups of coffee or sugary energy drinks. Like you've just you can't you can't notice it. Like when you take it, you can't notice it. You like you can't feel it come on or mm. or you can't feel it there. But when you stop taking it, you can notice that you're not taking it. So all you long distance truck drivers out there that are on, on the roads tonight that, that's keeping our country moving, I can't stress enough or recommend it enough to get on the, the, this Nature B stuff. Like, it's cheap. It's money-back guarantee. Like, it's 2024. Tell me another money-back guarantee you can find. It, it just don't exist. So when, you go and buy, when you go and buy your vitamins at the, uh, at the pharmacist or at uh, Woolies or Coles or whatever, are you offered a money-back guarantee? Never. Um, do you know how those vitamins are made? They're made in the laboratory with men with and women in white lab coats. This, That's right. This is food. This is a food collected by bees. And uh, the, the thing that makes the Nature Bee product the best is it's been potentiated. It has been, it's like a milling process. The husk has been broken and all that goodness goes into your bloodstream. And God, I tell you what, you know how good it is when you run out. Here's, Absolutely. Here is the deal. Uh, for new customers, it's the give it a go deal. Um, your first week of Nature B is going to be free. Powerpollen.com.au, there is a code 10 off, 10, and then the word off, 10 off. $29.95 plus delivery, and you can have a week's free supply. So, money back guarantee. Powerpollen.com.au. We'll truck drivers, get onto it. Truck drivers. Speaking of truck drivers, I've got a, uh, just got a quick shout out to G Man who's out on the road tonight, Graham. Um, I'm going to go up and see him in Newcastle hopefully soon. So drive safe, G-Man. We'll um, see you soon. Is he on his nature beat? Hey, not yet. I'm going to, I'm going to t- tell him. Um, yeah. His wife, Katrina, is, is, is on, him. He's on his back, but uh, maybe we can sling him some. Okay. Um, powerpollen.com.au. Money back guarantee. Quick break, be back. It's the Man Cave from Triple M.
And it's Friday, the Man Cave, um, and Bish is with me, Michelle Bishop. Good morning. Uh, morning to you, and the Vice Captain is on deck in our Canberra Bureau, uh, Adam <laughs> Adam McDonald, um, 13353 is the telephone number. Powerball's gone off, bugger. $200 million. There were two winning tickets. They've shared the $200 million. Um, and... Um, What's it, what's it? The second the second level, um, I think. Seven, division one, division one is division it? two, division two, know. division two. Twenty two winners. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see like two, twenty or thirty or forty people win the big one and share the love. What would you do with the two hundred million? Well, you don't. It's not. It's one hundred million, isn't it? It's been split. Mm. What would you do? You'd go on a worldwide tour of every major sporting event. Yep, sure would. And yeah. probably put the rest in the bank to get Adam would buy Archie comic, comics. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how. No, I'd buy, uh, what's uh, Richie Rich? Rich. <laughs> I'm more of a Richie Rich kid. What is, what is the most sought-after comic? When I was Phantom. A, it's still the Phantom. Is it really? Yeah, yeah it's still the Phantom. Yeah. Um, the Phantom co- number one would still be the, the most sought-after uh, comic. Is it really? Yeah, it's just, it's just the the icon. You think comics, you think Phantom. Um, there probably there's probably there's probably more um, ones that are worth more, but as far as the most sought after, I'd say it'd be Phantom. Just an observation. Archie, right? And what was his nemesis, Reggie? You have Veronica and Betty. <laughs> and then, and and then you go. I don't think your comics would be in good condition. And then, no, they. <laughs> and then, and then you had Jughead. He's not doing anything, is he? Right, Jughead. I have no idea what you're talking about. But was it in the comics? Which one was your favourite, Betty or Veronica? Um, which was the ginger? Oh come on! You Mom must know Betty. Betty's from your Veronicas, surely. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like I wasn't a comic book. I wasn't a comic. Book I used to kid. look at the comic in the Sunday Telegraph. That was it. Yeah, growing yeah. up. Fred Bassett. Yeah, like the Wizard it. of Id. Yeah, Wizard of Id's good. But now getting back to the comic books, I wonder. Uh, I'm, I'm showing my age here, but the other thing that fascinated <laughs> me about the old comic books, Richie Rich, and and talk about fat shaming. Who was that fat girl? That was what was her name? <laughs> Lottie. Oh, Come on, she, she was a big fat woman. No she was idea. a big fat girl. No, but someone will tell me. Big fat, big fat girl in the comic books. Not oh, letting SCA look at my Google history after that. No, anyway, you're, you're talking. Yeah. You're talking. Google history, fat girl comics. Fat girl. Herbert? No, no, Lottie, Lottie. Come on, uh, someone tell me. Bertha? No. Big Bertha, was it? No, I'm, I'm just reading. Oh, that, I was a fat girl. Big Bertha. Comic. Big, anyway. Now, little, little Lotta. Little Lotta. Little Lotta. I knew Lottie. I said I had Lottie. Oh, okay. Little yes. Lotta. Little Lotta. Now, look at Little up. Lotta, right? Oh, I've never seen that before. Okay. Now, she was she was this huge girl, and they called her Little Lottie, and she's morbidly obese, and she was famous. You can't do that today. It would, oh. ne- it would never happen today. But the, the thing that used to get me about the comic books were the ads. And I want to know, on 13353, did anyone order the X-ray vision glasses? And, <laughs> and did they work? You had the bull worker with the springs that gave you big muscles. Yep, I do remember that. Okay. And you but had, you, can, you could buy all sorts of stuff. They'd have BB monkeys. guns. 
Yeah, they'd have BB guns, they'd have slingshots, they'd have all sorts of those um, toys for kids that are, are now um, outlawed. But yeah, sea monkeys, where they were just like um, they were just like bits of dust that you put in some water and they'd float around for two hours and then they'd go. Yeah, I think they were. Um, were they fish larvae or something? Anyway, they looked like it was just it was like freeze dried seahorses. Sea they were called seahorses. Right. Freeze dried bacon bits. It looked like. Yeah, anyway. but anyway, I want to know if the X ray glasses really work. One triple three, five three. The quickie sounds like this. Um, ben, what is it, mate? If you get it first go, you're going to get some some serious prizes. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, is it uh, Prisoner of Society by the Living End? No, it's not. I'm sorry, Ben. Yeah. Oh, we're still in the 80s, aren't we? We're in the 80s. Terry, hello. G'day, how are you, mate? Great. Um, I reckon it is um, uh, I have a tiger by Survivor. No, it's no. not. That was Rocky Two, was it? Yep. Yeah. Was it Rocky Two? One of them. One triple three five three. Yeah. Getting back to comic books, Phantom is the most sought after uh, collectible comic book in the world, is it, Adam? I'd say so. Yeah. It'd be one of those big superheroes. Maybe Spider Man, first Spider Man or first Superman. It's it, it's an interesting um, journey where you can look at like it'll be a Superman comic and Spider-Man was announced in a Superman comic and then took off and, and became his own superhero. So those sort of comics where the first appearance of Spider-Man are worth millions and millions of dollars in good condition, um, they'd be worth millions of dollars where the, where Spider-Man first appears. So it, it's a really, it's a really, um, what's the word? Tangled web for lack of a better word, where all these superheroes are spawn of other superhero comic books and then they sort of create their own entity and go off and do their own thing. And the two big rivals were Marvel. That's right. And and DC. And DC. DC. Yep. Nicole's yep. online. Good day, Nicole. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you. Hey, Good morning, everyone. Yes. Welcome to the man cave, Nicole. What do you got? Um, I was uh, just calling to say what I would have done with the two hundred million dollars had I won, but oh, unfortunately, I won zilch. <laughs> Just before um, you go any further, I got, a sign, I got a little text thing from Lotto saying, congratulations, you're a winner. I could nearly crash the car, $12.80. But anyway, continue. Yeah, More than me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my husband and I would pack up shop and pack the kids up and we would follow the Formula One calendar for 12 months. Oh, how cool. You're my yeah. kind of family. <laughs> that is That's, so cool. Uh, that's our retirement dream. So if I could have retired at 38, that would have been great. But unfortunately, not this time around. Instead, you'll just have to watch it on telly or follow the documentaries. We've got some good yeah. stuff on TV at the moment. Yeah, we're, we are very Formula One in our family. So we go to the Australian Grand Prix every year. We haven't missed it until we were standing at the gates and COVID hit and we were told, turned away. Oh, wow. Who's your favourite driver? Really? Obviously, Daniel Ricciardo, but um, (laughs) Fernando Alonso is, um, yeah, probably one of my non-Australian favourite drivers. What are your thoughts on Lewis Hamilton, the news that's out today, uh, set to to join uh, Ferrari, leaving Mercedes? Yeah, huge news. I just, um, I don't know. I can only ever imagine 
Hamilton mm. Mercedes yeah. retiring at Mercedes. So that small yeah. clause in a we contract had will do it. More breaking oh. news well, from the Bish. <laughs> more. What we had at uh, what I sold two weeks ago was a helmet that was signed. And you know how on the 41 helmets you've got that protective um, clear perspex where yep. you rip it off because there's too many bugs and shit on the mm-hmm. one? I had one that was still had the the protective sleeve on it and it had Ayrton Senna's oh, wow. signature on it. Wow. How much? And this is, and I sold this out of out of Canberra. And how much do you reckon I sold it for? Oh, Bish, not a clue. You go, not Nic- a clue. Nicole. How much would you pay for an Ayrton Senna Formula One helmet? Uh, I would give the two hundred million for that for my husband. He was <laughs> yeah, massive Ayrton Senna fan. Shit! I should have waited for you, Nicole. But I got five. <laughs> I, I, I got. I got five and a half for it, which I thought was oh, a very really? fair price. Oh, um, I yeah. would have imagined more. I would have thought more. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was surprised. I didn't think it would get that much. So um, there's, there's still good money around for for um, for good signed um, Formula One memorabilia. I don't get Formula One. I'm a touring car man, okay? And I, I, I guess I'm contradicting myself here because the cars that race at Bathurst now, the Camaros and the Mustangs, people don't relate to either but back in back in my day the cars that raced at Bathurst were cars you could buy and the the old saying was if it won on Sunday it sold on Monday Mm -hmm. and I related to to Australian touring cars I don't get the Formula One thing Mm. no I I I just I I don't relate to it who who is going to get a chance to drive one of these things? How do you oh, relate it's to that? It's just so skillful. I guess it's whatever floats your boat. Formula One, NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, I watched a really good uh, a, a documentary that's out on NASCAR at the moment, and that they are just wow to to live that life. It's it's amazing. You can actually I used to buy think that... old Formula One cars, um, and I actually had an opportunity to drive a Formula Three car in Sepang. Well, but you can't duck down to Woolworths and do your grocery shopping. No, you can't. <laughs> you, you can, but very quickly. <laughs> oh, dear. Abe, Nicole, it's been lovely meeting you. Thank you for your call. Thank you very much. Good on you, Thank Nicole. You. I used to think that um, with all car racing, it's whoever's got the most money wins because you can build the, the better car, so you're going to win. But um, was skill behind educated... The wheel. Absolutely massive skill behind the wheel, and the fitness for these these drivers to to hold their nerve and and the the the, the what they put their bodies through in these cars. Um, yeah, I got sat down and explained to by an ex speedway driver once, and uh, I was well and truly put in my place. Aren't yeah. the Formula cars and the two the the Bathurst um, V8s, the Camaros and the Mustang, aren't they all fairly even? Aren't they all tuned? Yeah, well, they have to. They're limited they have to so be, that yeah. they they so try to get has them. To be driver they skill. try to get them as close as possible yeah, um, yeah. so then it does I guess there is that perception that it does come down to the driver like a racehorse the better the racehorse the more weight it carries mm. but you know what when you talk about a racehorse I still we've, we've got oh um, here we go Winx's what did I bring Foal, the- Winx's Foal is coming up for sale at the English uh, sales and they're expecting you know a, a lot of money for Winx's Foal I don't understand if you go back through the history there hasn't been like the black caveat there hasn't actually been a really successful horse from a successful horse. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Yeah, so that's right. Can you text Chris Waller? And we'll get Chris Waller on the program this morning on his way Let's do that. Into, into training. I'll, we'll, we'll put a message out now. Mm-hmm. Would, would, oh, yep, we'll text him. We'll see if we can get Chris Waller on the phone. One triple three five three is the telephone number if you would like to join the program. Here is the quickie. hasn't gone off. But if you have thoughts on it, I guess when you look at Formula One racing... 
I guess it's a bit like you look at the huge crowds that gather on the foreshore of Sydney Harbour on Boxing Day to watch the Sydney, the Hobart, and yet none of us own a maxi. Hang on a minute. I'm just yawning. <laughs> see, that, that's it. You see? Sorry, guys. Does not float my boat. We found a sport that the bish of, does not like. Out in the middle of, uh, oh, look, you know, each to their own, and they do, they, they, they train very hard for it. Um, it, you know. Whatever. It's great. But people, but it's just, but people like to watch boring. it. There's great interest. Mm. Oh, no, absolutely. They, they do. Not, um, not many of us in the real world, as, as opposed to the stratosphere that you travel in, Bish, <laughs> not many of us are going to own racehorses. You, you're a part owner in the racehorse, yep. and you had a win. I did. Winning proposal. She's a little champion. And Matt Damon's horse, second last. There you go. What happened there? Oh, Died in the ass. Died in the ass. <laughs> Missed the jump. Died in the ass. Hey, listen, um, here's some midnight oil oh, here on oil. the night shift. It's the man cave. It's Friday, February 2. Join the conversation. One triple three five three. Midnight oil here on the night shift. One triple three five three. Lines are there. Now, we had um, every line taken up and some people have dropped out because that's what happens. People are usually travelling whilst listening to this program and their phones drop out. So if you've been trying to get through, have another crack now because there's plenty to talk about. If you're like me and you can't stand the pesky summer invaders, the flies and the mozzies, then I've got something exciting for you. This is a game. Bish, you're going to love this. Oh, Adam, you'll love it too because you're a pest. It's the, <laughs> it is the, it's a gadget called the Executioner by Pestrol. And this is a bad boy. It is the big daddy of fly and mozzie zappers. And let me tell you, it is a total game changer. And it doesn't just repel these things. It, it annihilates them. And here is the kicker. If you order the executioner right now, they'll throw in this tennis racket zapper. So it's battery operated. And it's oh, it's it's about the size of a tennis racket. And, it, and it's... The strings are electric, <laughs> electrified, <laughs> and you go, shh, 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 and it makes a Star Wars sound. How's it going again? Now you heard me. <laughs> oh, that's my chance. <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> help a brother out. <laughs> Don't Thank worry, you. Adam, I'm on it. Yeah, oh, so, good man. So, yeah, it's, so you wave it around and it goes, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's... It's called what the... What sort of... Hang on. What sort of trajectory does that take? <laughs> oh, yeah. Trajectory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the exec- what a dickhead. The executioner. Get it. Free delivery Australia-wide when you use the code SPUD. And I wondered, I said to Andrew, what's, where do you get these code words from? Well, guess who is a Pestrol ambassador? Mark Spud Carroll. Oh, wow. And Mark Spud Carroll is going to come on... The man cave one morning with us, Bish. Oh, we'd have to do a workout with him too. He does a mean workout with his gym. And he was Russell Crowe's bodyguard at one point. Mm-hmm, sure was. So anyway, there, there's, a, there's a relationship between Pestrol and Spud. So I can't wait to get him on. Anyway, don't let the flies and mozzies ruin your summer. Grab the executioner and enjoy your outdoors pest-free. Pestrol, P-E-S-T-R-O-L, pestrol.com.au. Josh, day. Hello. There you go. Where were you, Josh? Where was I? Yeah. Just pulling over, being safe. Oh. 
Okay, very smart, good. Smart guy. Josh, where are you right now? I'm just on the way home. Bit of a road trip. <laughs> it's on the way home. Mate, we, we have no idea where home is, Josh. Mate, Bendigo, Victoria. Yeah, that's what we were after. Okay. Josh, what, welcome to the Man Cave. What do you want to say? Look, I was ringing up about the 200 mil and what I'd do with it. Far away, what would you do? Look, one of the boys, one of my brother boys, he, he's just low on funds, low on the parents, like, oh, an absurd amount of money. You've got to help him out in that situation. If you win that 200 mil, you know, you buy him a mansion, don't you? You know what? How would you sit down and do the math about like how how you would work it out? Like, what what have you got? A big family? You've got lots of mates. Well, no, small family. Probably you know, probably six people I'd give money to, and then maybe five of the boys I would. But um, this mate, you know, known him for ten years, so why is he in so much debt? Um, oh look, I reckon he's a bit um financially irresponsible. Yeah, well, see, you give him the money and he'll spend it and he'll be in debt again within six months, I bet you. Yeah, that's that's a probable outcome, Luke. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm, for me, I reckon the first thing you do is keep it a secret. <laughs> I first, couldn't help The myself. first thing you do is keep it no, because, and I'll tell you this, Bish, and Someone Vice Captain. Someone kidnap me. No? No, I think you're safe. <laughs> no, but <coughs> I, Adam's safe. No, because you you will discover relatives you didn't know you had, and then how do you say no? And so let's just say you you, you say, oh, all right, I'll give this person this much, and then the person that you only gave this much to finds out. Mm. You you could never win that argument. You, you, I, yeah. I, I reckon it could be a slippery slope. I'd actually love to hear from anyone that's ever won something and did it break up relationships. Was it the worst thing you ever did? Tell me what you reckon, one triple three five three, because okay, so you got three boys, mm-hmm. okay, so you give them all equal, okay, and you don't want to ever give your kids so much money that they don't have a reason for getting up in the morning. Absolutely not. So you got to work that out. Yeah, but I'd still be smart and, and have then like what the about Bishop Family Trust, where no one else, even partners, girlfriends, or whatever, could get their hands on it. Yeah. I'm the mum that takes care of the mob. <laughs> oh, you're like the mafia mum. Oh, yeah. You make them an offer they can't refuse. I can refuse. smell you a mile away. Okay. One triple three five three. I reckon you keep it a secret for as long as you can because otherwise you will find friends that you hadn't seen in 20 years. They'll all yep. have a sob story. And then if you give one person X amount and the other person another amount and they find out you're in trouble. Adam, what, are you with me? Yeah, I wouldn't. You, I mean, it, it, you couldn't keep it a secret. Like it's gonna, you're gonna, you're walking around you like just you're driving around in Aston Martin, and you say, "Oh, exactly." Yeah, well, you know. Like you're gonna, you're gonna buy yourself <laughs> some nice, some nice luxuries. But I think Bish nailed it. You've just got to lock, lock it away, and um, you be the only financial controller. Like you will all those, all those dickhead mates that you cut long ago, the dead wood. They'll be going, "Oh, hey, mate, remember me?" And you'd, you'd have people all over the place. It would be a tough. Tough situation, but um, I'm sure I'd manage. What would you do if you won the 200 million? One, triple, three, five, three. Pay for some counselling if you can't. You're a good man, Josh, trying to help your mate out, but I reckon he'll be in debt again within 12 months. Oh, look, I wouldn't doubt it, Luke, and uh, shout out to Lockie Barnes. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Okay, bye-bye, Josh and and Bendigo. Lockie Barnes. One, triple, three, five, three is the telephone number. Interesting discussion during the week. And that was uh, a, a senior academic from Curtin University in WA during the week has said that because of the current state that the world's in, 
uh, and Australia is it's only a matter of time till we're pulled in, especially because of our treaty with the United States, Great Britain, or uh, the United States, Great Britain. Australia doesn't have a big enough military, and he is saying that we need to bring back conscription. There are other academics, Adam and Bish, who are also saying that to curb Australia's youth crime problem is to make these young kids who commit serious crimes after three strikes, they are put into like a cadet camp where it's being supervised by ex-army or senior army officials and they're taught discipline, they're taught a skill and this would be some sort of a consequence to committing these crimes which are just out of control at the moment. And I wanted to know what you thought. Should Australia consider national service or conscription? I'd like to know what our listeners think. One triple three five three. Vice Captain, your thoughts? Stupid, stupid, stupid idea. Tell me this: these 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 young kids that are out of control. They're they're you know you're going to put them in a in a military type situation because what they're going to start to listen now. They don't listen to their parents. They don't listen to their teachers, they don't listen to the police, they're going to have a, like a drill sergeant screaming at them, they're going to say all of a sudden, go, oh yeah, I better go on the straight and narrow. It's ridiculous. And then if you if you start conscription, conscription, you're going to have all these people that are in the military that you want there to be protect, to be protecting this country who don't really want to be there. And they're just going to do a lazy ass job. Like it's the chucking everyone in the military is not an answer. It's it's I, I think it's it's ridiculous. Why would people? Why would these people who don't want to be there all of a sudden start listening now? Well, at the moment they're listening to no one. No one's telling exactly. them anything, and they're running right. Youth crime is. I'm out sure. Of the job. I'm sure. I'm sure people are telling them. Police are telling them. The judges in the courts are telling them. They don't give a shit. Just because you're wearing a, a uniform, a green uniform, they're not going to listen. Michelle. It's, it's, Bishop, your thoughts? Yeah, a little bit mixed on this because I, I want to have, and I do have the utmost respect for um, those in the Army, the Navy. Um, they're, they're doing a, a sensational job. Uh, but what is the answer? I mean, if it is, is, is conscription <laughs> something that we should try um, because what we're doing at the moment isn't working. I get your point, Adam, that um, they don't listen to authority at the best of times. But if it's a no other choice, um, I mean, it's it's obviously a little bit different to shoving them all in the jail and, and cramming them into the jail system um, that's overloaded anyway. Uh, at least this way that they'll sure. be, you know, given a, an opportunity to, uh, I guess, learn new skills. Um, there'll be people in their faces where they're not, you know, conspiring and getting together and planning their next criminal activity when they get out with some bright idea. Uh, a different environment. I'm not sure. I'm a little bit torn on this one. I get where you're coming from. That you know what's going to be this big miracle change. But if we you know keep going the way we're going, it's it's not going to change. Is the army is, is the is the putting kids in the army and teaching them discipline is that the answer for Australia's youth crime crisis? Adam McDonald's is no way. It's a stupid idea. Bish is in two minds. Mm. What are your thoughts, Australia? I grew up in the I, I grew up in the military. My father was military, so I know all all about it. I'm sure it will work for some people, and because it gives you a bit of direction, a bit of drive, a bit of order. Um, 
but it's not. It's I don't think it's the be all and end all. To it's it's not the answer to everything. You know, it will work for some. In some cases, it's not a it's not a, a quick fix blanket. Let's just chuck them all in there and see what happens. I tell you what, though, um, the, the, it's, we're it's talking prevent, about you've got to prevent it, not to try and fix yeah, it. Yeah, the level of uh, of activity, the level of crime, some of these little grubs that think they can get away with you know destroying property and and you know doing stupid things, not not you know murder or or anything like that. I think it might go a long way to, to stopping those some of those kids in their in their tracks. Give us a call, tell us what you think. Join the conversation, one triple three five three. Graham's online. G'day Graham. Yeah, g'day, how you going? Mate? Welcome to the man hey, cave. Graham. Hey, g'day. Um yeah, so I was bringing up about the hundred million and I reckon I'd buy every tool that I could possibly buy from Bunnings and then I thought, no, it's a hundred million, let's just buy a whole Bunnings store. <laughs> I'd love to buy Bunnings. <laughs> Would you buy I'm Bunnings? I'm with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd love I'd to buy Bunnings. I'd have to buy the sausage thing out the front as well. So oh, that's, that's, that's my whole... That's, that's the, the reason. Lure. That's why I go. I say to my husband, can I get a sausage sandwich? And if that's a yes, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I like it. I like right. it. Thank you, Graham. 13353. Uh, Harry, is in, whereabouts in North Queensland are you, Harry? Uh, g'day, mate. I'm just approaching Mackay, just heading from Townsville and the B-Double to do a changeover. Queensland's bracing for yet another cyclone. We'll have more details on that later this morning. Yeah, Harry, go. Yeah, mate, I just wanted a quick um, quick thing with the um, money, if I won. Like, I'd probably just, being a proud Cowboys supporter, I'd throw in a massive weekend of a Tim Zoo fight, cross <laughs> with a Cowboys-Broncos game, finish with a big concert with all great Australian bands. With Mark Knopfler, the only international bloke coming in. Oh, wow. Love it. I'm in. Yeah, the Cowboys, Cowboys thrashing the Broncos, wicked. followed by Tim Zoo thrashing an American, and then a big concert. I want ringside. That's me. Got me in. Sounds like Vegas yeah, at your and place. One more, and one more, thing, one more thing before I go, Luke, is that that Dave Gleeson that's on the radio, yeah. he seems like a bloke I'd love to have a beer with, real oh, down to earth sort of a fella. Without a that, that screaming jets, Dave Gleeson, he's on the Triple M Network nationally from 7 till 10 every night. And his stories are fantastic because he's been there and he's done that. It is compelling radio, folks, and it's also on uh, the listener app. Have a listen to it. I'll pass on your best to Gleeson, okay? Good on you, Luke. Take care, people. That, thank you. The quickie. No one's come close. The quickie sounds like this. If you think you know the name of the song and the name of the artist, we will give a clue in uh, a few minutes. I've already told you it's an 80s song, but it sounds like this. One triple three five three is the telephone number. You're listening to The Night Shift with Adam. <laughs> Donald and Michelle. And you're going... <laughs> And you go, <laughs> that wasn't me. Oh, oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Bishop Bishop. I'll just do a hi. He's making him up now. And Adam. Trajectory. It's the most unhinged radio I have ever heard in my entire life. One of the best riffs of all time, don't you reckon? Don't you reckon? That riff, beginning of Money for Nothing? Yeah. Great album, Dire Straits. One triple three five three is the telephone number. You can email us nightshift at triple It's Bish Boner and the vice captain Adam McDonald. Um, if you want to talk memorabilia, Adam is there for you. If you've got something you think might be worth something, um, ring up and show it to Adam on the radio, and uh, he'll have a crack at it for you. Adam is the general manager of All Bids Auctions, the largest online auction house in the Southern Hemisphere or the world. I think the Southern Hemisphere is the, a fair Sorry, bet. the what? 
like conscription. Southern hemisphere. Conscription. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Directory. <laughs> Wait, Not having a go. Your, your turn will come. Yeah, you are. Your turn you will both come. are. <laughs> if, you, if you have sleep apnea and you're looking to buy or upgrade your CPAP machine, speak to my very good friends at Sove CPAP Clinic. They're the experts. And this month they're offering a $100 FPOS gift card when you purchase the latest Res Med Air Sense 11 Auto Set and Mask Package. It's 24% smaller. It's 10% lighter than its predecessor, the AirSense 10, and it's packed with a lot of new tech. Now, this offer is available only at Sove CPAP Clinic, and it ends on the 29th of February. Stop snoring and look after your health and look after the, your, the welfare of your family. Does Justin snore? That's a massive one. Yes, does he, he does. Does he snore? Sometimes I think he's not breathing. He stops. That's I sleep think, hey, are you with me, champ? <laughs> He's still here. <laughs> he needs to get tested. Absolutely. That's sleep apnea. Absolutely. And it's really harmful to your health, and it can lead to heart disease. Mm. Don't worry, I've got all the insurance High papers all sorted. He's, he's, all, he's all sorted. He's he? all sorted. Uh, Love you, bitch. <laughs> Do you snore, Adam? Like a freight train. Yeah. I love that you can admit that, because you know what? Well, you can't, you can't so do I, it. but like not if, quite if like a is, freight train. I snore. If, if it's there, it's there. It's not very attractive, Nikki. Like girl no, snoring, but <laughs> Nikki once said, especially when I've had a few beers. Yeah. Especially when I've had a few beers, mm. she said sometimes the sound of you snoring, it sounds like a silverback gorilla trying to have sex with a spiky <laughs> anteater, and the anteater's not happy about it. I will never <laughs> get that image out of my head. That now every time I hear Justin snore. A spy, a, a, a silverback gorilla having sex with a spiky anteater without the anteater's consent. So creative. Love it. Um, An unpleasant experience. F-pot. Stop it. Sove. S-O-V-E. Stop snoring. You know, if they when they test you, they can bulk bill it. They can organise bulk billing for well, the that's testing. that's handy. And um, the, look, the repayments on these machines works out to about four bucks a day, a cup of coffee. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Always follow the directions for use when considering whether CPAP's right for you. Speak to your doctor. Here is the quickie again. We need a clue, Thomas. Would you like it now? Yeah. 1982. 1982. Mm. 1982. I'll tell you another song that was released in 82. Rock the Caspar by The Clash. That was 82. Banger of a song. Great song. Back on the Chain Game, The Pretenders. That was also 1982. So think of that era. Be anything. It could be anything. Thank you, Thomas. One triple three five. Oh, God. We'll miss Thomas. <laughs> and Adam McDonald and uh, Bish is with us. Michelle Bishop, um, sports reporter to the Stars, former Channel 7 Chief of Rugby League. For you to be the head reporter for a major television network and their their number one rugby league reporter. That, that's a massive feather in your cap. No wonder Tabby, the, um, the stunt woman, she's a huge, massive fan of yours. Oh, she was so awesome. She's, she's got me to get off my backside, actually, and I, I went to the gym twice this week and it was all on the back of her, so that was good. But, yeah, it was pretty cool being a chief rugby league reporter, but um, 
get a little bit tired. But it's a man's world. It is a man's world, absolutely. Did, it did is. you used to go and Adam, Adam's probably dying to ask you questions, but you're, we're talking about the NRL. Mm hmm. Did you used to go into the change rooms? I did. In the early days as well, when it was sort of frowned upon, it's like, what do you want in here? What business would you be doing in here at, you know, your age? Um, had the whole someone drop a towel in front of me way back then. Won't mention the player. Retired now and probably couldn't run out of sight in a dark night. Um, but yeah, I had brothers, so I was pr pretty witty. Like I kind of walked in there expecting that sort of stuff to happen. So I kind of had a line in my back pocket. Like seriously, did the players mind a, a woman being in the change room? Oh, they had a bit of fun with it. I think way back then, but um, nowadays it's a little bit more. Uh, how can I say? Well, there's the, the broadcasters. So if you'd have Channel Nine, I never worked for Channel Nine. They had full access to uh, to the dressing sheds and. They, these days, the dressing sheds are sort of separate. They've got the showers in that area, then a sort of a sit, sit sitting yeah. sort of room. So it's a little bit yeah, more the ch appealing. The change, rooms, the change rooms have changed. Like yes, just the, the setup of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but I, I can't complain. The, the, the boys, the I mean, for most of the time that they've been kids, uh, obviously being a, a fair bit older than them, but yeah, it's, they've been great. Graham's online. Graham, welcome to the Man Cave. G'day, Luke. How are you, mate? G'day, Adam. G'day, Bush. Hey, hey. What are you doing? What's going on? Uh, look, I, I, I went to the same school as Luke. I live in Moss Vale and I have a yarny every now and again. I do for him in a night shift, but uh, I, uh, I used to have a butcher shop in Moss Vale. And Bish, I want to ask you a question in a minute. Yep. But what I rang up for, um, you talked about that professor from Curtin University about conscription and so forth. Mm -hmm. I, I had a little example a few years ago. I, I had a kid who I caught throwing rocks on my ex-wife's car. Anyway, cut long story short, I caught the kid. Anyway, I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I took him to the cop station in Barrow. And I said, and I got a really good cop, and I told him what happened. He said, well, mate, he's too young. We really can't do it. He gives you about 14 or something, you know? Mm. And I said, look, can I run an idea past you? And I grew up on a farm. My mother still operates the farm. And I said, can I get him out there on the weekend? We'll cut a bit of firewood. The copper goes, oh, that, that'd probably be all right, I suppose, yeah. Anyway, so the copper said to the kid, this bloke will pick you up on Saturday morning, which I did. Took him out to the farm. Actually, he worked the living daylights out of him. And I remember when we went up and had some lunch and I said to the kid, now you're going to get water and a Devon sandwich. I said, we're going to have a nice steak for lunch. I said, because if you keep throwing rocks on cars, you're going to end up in jail. Oh, oh, oh yeah, he's a bit apprehensive and so forth. Wow. Anyway, in the truth of the day, just talking to the kid, you know, he was a good kid. And unfortunately, he came from a broken home. Anyway, I said to him, I said, mate, what sort of heat has your mum got? Oh, mum's got that, you know, the um, open fire. I said, okay, mate, let's, uh, let's cut your, load of mum, your mum a load of wood which we did, and we took, I took him back about 5 o'clock, and I sat there with his mother, and I, we sat there, and he unloaded the whole ute. It was just a falcon ute, and he stacked it all, and he said to me at the end of the day, he said, uh, oh, Mr. Graham, you know, whatever, he said, I'm really sorry that I did that to you. He said, I'm really glad I met you, and he said, I think it's done me the world of good, and then he just, he just said, I'm buggered, I'm going inside. That's so and awesome that that's had that happy ending. Yeah, and I, and I did run into his mum about six months later, and she said, look, he's good, he, he, he's never forgotten your name, and he, he sort of said, sometimes he says to me at conversations at night that, oh, oh, yeah, it wasn't a bad day cutting wood, you know, but I knew I was in trouble, and, and I just think going back to the description, like you said, Bish, some of the minor crimes, mm. I reckon, bang, put them in, and give them a, a bit of tough love, and I, and I think I would work for a percentage, for some I don't think it would, because... Um, Young ones today, like I'm 56, and I spoke to Luke in earlier um, phone calls about, we talked about um, uh, getting initiated into the butchering world, and um, Luke was a bit horrified at what happened to me, you know, and he, 
And but I think we need a bit more. You tell the story. Yeah, we were talking about how a pre- why is there a shortage of apprentices? And a lot of apprentices back in the day had initiations to go through, which would horrify workplace mm. practices today. My young, oldest brother was a butcher. Okay, tell, <laughs> tell, us, tell us the story, Graham. <laughs> yeah, so I did my apprenticeship in a shop in, right in the main street of Bow, Bombong Street in Bow, and it was quite a busy shop. Anyway, and it was because back in those days there was sawdust on the floor and so forth. Anyway, one day after work, there was that boys were having a few beers. Anyway, I just all of a sudden got back slammed onto this table pants came off and it was a mixture of sausage mince liver sawdust blood and it was you know rubbed in the lower regions front and back and uh, they were they were laughing and they thought it was a great joke and i got up and of course i wanted to take them all on and of course i had no chance but the next day like and i look back on it now it didn't hurt me but it was just an initiation process that you went through and everyone copped it now i had a butcher shop for 12 years and i had four apprentices in 12 years my god I'd be in jail if I tried that yeah. sort of stuff now these days. Well, that yeah. might but, explain why my older brother's mentally disturbed. Maybe that happened yeah. to him. <laughs> but, I mean, to you, Graham, you're, you're the sort of person, and the, the bullying and initiation that went on at Chevalier, that, that boarding school that we went to. <clears throat> yes. Okay, that was that was highly organised. It was allowed. It was part of the tradition of the school back then. And I'm telling you now, it would not be tolerated. A lot of it was illegal by today's standards. Now, some people will say, oh, it puts hairs on your chest. It makes a man of you. Either that or it terrifies you so much you withdraw and you have massive post-traumatic stress Mm. disorder because of these initiations. Um, Graham, would you agree that that, what happened to you and your resilience and you got over it, but for a lot of people that might break them? Oh, I think so, Luke. Like, different personalities, you know. Like, and, and like, I don't mean to uh, belittle. Not, not, that's not the word I'm looking for. But like, if you did that to kids today, you know, we we were we were given tough love as kids, you know. Like, mm. I think I might have said to you, I never had a license. I couldn't get a license. I was old enough when I got my apprenticeship. I had to ride my push bike 32 k's a day, work a 10 hour a day, and then you know you, you had jobs to do on the weekend at the farm. You would have had you know, the maddest carbs. Oh, <laughs> well, 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 I was, I, I loved my cricket, so I, I used to, riding the bike was nothing, you know. All right, but Graeme, just quickly, because we had a million calls there, Graeme, it's always good to hear from you. Conscription to battle juvenile crime, yes or no? I think yes. I think yes. I'm, I'm 51, 49%, but I think yes. Okay, Graeme, always good I to like hear from Graham. you, mate. Thank you so much, mate. Good on you. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Bish. See Thank you, you. Right, I've got a one of my well, my best mate. He was a bit of a rat bag um, growing up, and he got in a bit of strife. And he got a butcher's apprenticeship, and I think he made it halfway through the second year. But he was like, maybe there, he was riding his push bike home from work, and had all his knives in his backpack. Mm. Came off his bike, mm. and totally minced up his back. Like all his back was cut and. And he never went back to work after that. He said it was too dangerous. The trip to work and back was too dangerous. Chris is online. Chris. Hey, Luke. Guys, how are you? Welcome to the Man Cave. Chris, you've won some money in Powerball before. Take us through it. Yeah. I remember I called you about a year ago, about the 15 mil. How much have you got left? 15 mil. It was really 15 mil. Yes. You won $15 million in Powerball. In what year? Uh, 2007. Were you the only winner that day? Uh, yes. 15 
million dollars. What did you ha- do? Have one more question. How old were you when you won fifteen million? Back uh, in my young days, way about um, twenty odd. You were twenty. Wow. You were t- Whoa. Fifteen million in Powerball in two thousand and seven. Here we are. It's twenty. So what did you do? What, what did, did you do? do? Uh, most of a lot of it was all invested. Right. In, in like real estate, shares? Uh, shares, bonds, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Split up. Uh, there was a lot of, had a lot of stuff in um, com- the computer stocks back right. in the early days. Mm-hmm. So you had like your IBM and all that as well. Yep. And various other ventures. But um, with most of it all, uh, just with the people that won tonight's, I know what they're going through. What did you do? Like, were you sick? No. Oh, I, no, I, no. No, 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 no. I was just coming up in the thing, like, we're um, out in the family farm. So that's where it all started. So, Did you out. have a whole bunch of relatives <laughs> that come up to you, you with their hands out? Did people come up to you Mate. with their hands out? Uh, yes. What, what, what would they say to you? That was it. That's why I um, called you about a year ago about it. Um, yeah, nobody knew about it until Mum let it slip when she was down the down the club. God bless Mum. But we're just we're being small towns and stuff. Word spreads pretty quick. And what happened? Uh, next thing you know, there's family members you've, you know didn't even know you had, like cousins and all that sort of stuff, coming around and asking questions and snooping around and asking for handouts and stuff. What about the female attention? Did you suddenly uh, become, you know, a target? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like, yeah, Mr. Popular all of a sudden overnight. Cha-ching. And uh, so how, what, what situation are you in now? I mean, it, did you, you haven't lost it. You're, you're still doing okay. Yeah, we're still doing okay. We've still got plenty. There's still plenty left. Uh, let's just say very, very well off still. So what, what was your address and what are you doing on Saturday night? Stop it. <laughs> you are such a slurry. I, knew, I could see that coming a mile. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to turn here too. You've got a very sexy voice, Chris. Chris, oh. the, the, pe- the people that you'd never known or hadn't seen for mil- years that suddenly wanted to know you, did that make you angry? In a way it did. It's like, you know, where were you before? You know, I won the money and all that sort of stuff, you know. As soon as the cash comes up, everybody just pops out from everywhere. Did you have a mind or did you have someone that could take that heat away from you? Yeah. Um, I've got a really good family backing me up. Mm. Uh, See, I would just say, oh, it's out of my hands now. I've got a trustee who is in charge of the estate now. I'm on a, a small wage through investments. I'm not in the position to give away the money. It's through a trustee. Talk mm, to them. Yeah. I would do that. I would set up a blocker. But even the, the yeah, interesting I, thing I'm about sorry. this is I, I want to know, I, I saw it in a lot of the news bulletins tonight in the lead up to this $200 million that uh, a finance expert said to do X, Y, and Z and this and that. Did you actually seek professional financial advice? Uh, yeah, we already had an, an accountant with the property and stuff like that. So yep. I went and spoke to him and just started drawing up like a like a plan as you go through so, and putting stuff away. So you go through, look at it, and then you've got to look forward and go for any contingencies and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you did it the right way. That. Are you happy? But, yeah, we're happy. The, the money didn't did make you unhappy? Did it change you? No, 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 not really. 
Do you reckon like, you're the same bloke today that was... Are you the same Chris today as the Chris the day before he won? Uh, uh, without a lot of stress, yes. <laughs> Can you please tell me, like, did you go from the wild track to the Raptor? Like, you did something exciting, you know, gave you, spoiled yourself in some way. Uh, yeah. What did you yeah, do? Um, went out and bought a uh, 1971 Plymouth Hemi Cooter. Beautiful. Uh, I don't know what that is, what is but it, it sounds good. And Adam's yeah. roughing. What is it? Yeah, big 426. Yeah. Is that, it's a is heavy unit. It's, it's a heavy unit. Yeah. It's like a Ram yeah. or a big. No, 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 no. no, no. no. no it's a muscle it's, car. It'd be like, an, it'd be like a, an American HQ ute. Right. No, no. It's the famous Hemi Cooter. Yeah, Cuda but it's. Oh, so yeah. So it's a, sorry. It's a sedan. So it's not like a big, a big one of those big trucks. It's it'd be no, like no, no, a, no. yeah, yeah. That's a muscle car. Have yeah, you still cool. got it? I still got it. Yes, it's oh. in storage at the moment. Yeah. So that's that. what you do, but surely. When we actually won the money, I had family actually once the word got out. I had family actually screening mail and all that sort of stuff because you'd get mail and letters from everybody and everywhere, begging, begging for money. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to put Surely a Surely you went down and shouted at the pub. Surely you went down to your no, local that's a and shouted at the pub. Yes. Yeah, you'd happens. have to do that. But, um, yeah, but that's what I said. It can, win a lot of money can do your head in real quick. Chris, yeah, as long as, coming up. I, guess, I guess as long as you've got sensible people around you, like if it was me, I would say, all right, this is all for investment and, and this, but then you'd have your little yeah. cutting kit, like I'm going to blow yeah. this on shit. Like this is yeah, otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd sort of it wouldn't you, like you wouldn't. Uh, that's sort of enjoying yeah. it I've seen, because I've you've seen won that. so much. Before with other people that have won like Lotto and stuff like that, they got it next minute. Six, twelve months later, they're broke again. You hear so well, many stories about people who win large amounts of money, and it's the worst thing that ever happened to them. You hear, you hear these stories. It does, and then you get the family, other family side of it coming on the thing. One thing we don't think, you never give cash. Right. Anybody asks for anything, you ne- even family, you do not give cash. Why is that? But that's when your arguments start. Because once they turn out, you give someone X amount of money, and the next person comes up in the family and goes, oh, but they got X amount, why can't we get that much? All that sort of stuff. And tell me so something, you do, you've obviously... Are- Sorry, you've obviously moved on and, you know, that was 2007. So have you married and had children? No. Or have you got children in your life? Yes, I have. Yeah. So, so the reason why I'm asking is how do you educate and bring up the girls to not live off what you've been able to achieve? Um, you know, oh yeah, she'll be right. Dad's dad's cashed up. Mm. No, no. Well, all that. Um, I pay for all that, like I said. They don't have to worry about education and stuff like that. But uh, there's a big chunk of the money actually put in the trust. Mm. So lovely. Lot of put in the trust. Sound like a ripper, them. Dad. Good on you. It's been lovely to- catching up with you again, Chris. Thank you for sharing the story. Okay then. I was going to. Can we rub his belly or something? I was going to give you something. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say rub his head, but um, whatever floats your boat. I don't know. Good luck. Isn't that what they do? I was going to. I was going to give you a, a, a triple M prize pack, but no buggy. You he, doesn't it. he doesn't need anything. He doesn't. <laughs> he was One just more thing, happy to call in. Yes, Chris. Uh, I got a bone to pick with Joe for Swift Row. Oh, yeah. Joe. Now, now, during COVID, during the COVID times. Had family come up, stay with us on the farm mm-hmm. in Sydney, they just to get out of the rat race and stuff like that. Yeah, for the kids. Now, got one of my nephews, was sixteen years old, and got him to do some spraying. So, 
had some trying some new organic, you know, weed killer and spray. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So put them in a the shed, say these drums here, just put it in there, mix it with X amount of water and spray it all. Yeah. This so is this is a away. this is a weed killer. Yeah, yeah. It's a weed killer. Yeah. And I've gone away for business in Sydney and they come back and <laughs> oh. said, Oh yeah, I've sprayed it all and stuff. I know where this is going. Yeah, go on. I've come I've come home and I've looked at it and the weeds aren't dead. Yeah. Now the problem is I took at the weeds and then the weeds have got stems the size of tree trunks and yeah. look like the Amazon forest. <laughs> now he's gone into the shed and he's actually loaded up the damn sprayer with Swiss grow instead of the weed killer. <laughs> and sprayed all the damn weeds up the thing out of there. <laughs> so I've, I've had to come out there. We did the, hook the damn slasher up and slash the living crap out of this stuff. Some of the stuff there, I'm in there with a shovel and a pick digging these damn roots of these damn damn weeds out. Instead the, of putting weed killer, he's put swift grow on the it. weeds and now uh, that is <laughs> that cold. is I knew I could tell where that was going. It's such a good product, but please don't put it on the Patterson's curse. No. All, all the cat all the cat's eyes. Oh the cat's eyes. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. imagine that. Hey listen, I'm glad that you love your swift grow. Just yeah, don't put it on weeds. I'll let um I'll let Joe and Montana know, okay? Thanks, Luke. See you, brother. Have, you take care of yourself. Good on you, Chris. <laughs> I could I knew when that was wow. coming. He put the the swift grow on the weeds instead of the roundup. One triple three five three. Oh, here's an interesting caller. This is Jake. G'day, Jake. Where are you? Oh, I'm in uh, Adelaide at the moment, mate. Okay. Welcome to the Man Cave. What's your story? Um, the story is um, my mum's a nurse and she used to look after my next-door neighbour that had cancer. And when he passed away, he left me and my brother $160,000. Oh, wow. Wow. That's not a couple of bucks. What did you do with it? Yeah. I went and bought a house. Yeah. So deposit for a house. What did your brother do? Um, he bought a shop, like a, a, a takeaway shop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I, well, I, bought, I bought my house outright. Yeah. I paid 160000 for my house. So. How long ago was that? Uh, about seven years ago. Whereabouts? In Danton, New South Wales. Where? Where is Danton? Danton, New South Wales. Yeah, um, where it, is it's on the border between uh, Victoria and New South Wales. Right. Danton. And, and you actually bought a house for 160000 That was it? Seven years ago. Yep. Danton, $160,000 for a house. Wow. How many bedrooms? Well, way. Does it have a front Sorry. door? <laughs> yes, it does. Do you know what 160000 buys you in Sydney? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you couldn't buy anything for 160000 no, it's, uh, very lucky. Well, it's a, you are very lucky. What a great neighbour, Jake. Yeah, what an awesome neighbour. That's fantastic. And it's so good to see that you spent the money wisely. I thought you were going to say something terrible, but no, good on you. Well done, Jake. Thanks for your call. Have you ever come I, into... Yep. I know a fellow that um, he turned up the auctions in the auction game um, quite a number of years ago, and word on the street is he had won lotto. And I quizzed him about it one day, and he said he'd won it twice. So he'd won a million dollars each time a million dollars plus each time uh, I'd known this guy for about 10 years buying stuff through auctions now this guy turned up at the auctions and he just turned into a compulsive buyer like he would buy half the room I don't know what he was doing with it whether he had a shop or a storage but um, I was just asking someone about him um, maybe last month and apparently he's stone cold broke 
Well, he, wow. he won over won over two million dollars, and he just blew the lot on just buying, 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 and not knowing what he was buying, so he couldn't resell it, and you know, buy for a thousand bucks, sell it for four hundred, just no good at it. Wanted to get into the game, but it was just shit house at it, and he literally um, blew over two million dollars over what period of time? Vice it would have, take, it would have taken about six years. That's terrible. It is awful. It is. Oh dear, oh dear. One triple three five three is the number. Nightshift at triple m dot com dot au is the telephone number. Yes, uh, that news on uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yes, uh, this is breaking it, news. Well, it is breaking news. Um, it was suggested that it was going to happen, but it's actually been confirmed. So, uh, seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton will leave Mercedes and join Ferrari. Uh, for the 2025 season. So it's still going to stick a little bit out, but there was a little clause in the contract. Uh, he did extend his deal uh, uh, just midway through 2023, uh, but there was a little clause that he managed to, to use uh, to capitalise on. Um, and can't believe it. He's always called Mercedes home, and now it's going to be Ferrari. Hey, you what's, are. The, um, what's the... Would it be for money? No, I don't actually know because it was something ridiculous, like 193,000, uh, sorry, 193 million uh, was, the, this, was the extension. Um, mm. But yeah, so he's, he's uh, all I'm finding out at the moment is that it was some sort of clause that he exploited and it's a done deal. I'm just looking wow. at Sky News. They're saying that Hamilton was linked to Ferrari for this year. Yeah. And been, he signed a two-year contract worth 100 million pound. What's that? What's a hundred million pound, uh, Vice Captain? Yeah, it's a hundred million pound. But I, mean, in, in a, I think it's a hundred ninety-three million. I think it's what I said. It's what you said. Yeah, yeah, you said. Yeah. yeah. And he was paid that to stay till the end of twenty twenty-five. Yep. There you are, Formula One star Lewis Hamilton is leaving Mercedes. He's going to join Ferrari, and you heard it first. As far as as far as a coup, that's pretty massive, isn't it? Huge. Like, it's it's pretty massive. Like yeah. it's not um, a reserve grader changing clubs that's like the your captain coach um joining the op like the your enemy yeah there's a couple of it, it's a it's a two horse it's pretty much a two horse race yeah. there's a um there's a couple of quotes here that um uh he when he spoke to espn back in 2023 in may he said he'd be lying if he said that he'd never thought about ending his career anywhere else so it has been on on the cards it's been rumored for for a little while and we talked about it a little bit earlier when uh the young girl called up and said that she'd go and splash all the money on uh, following Formula One. Uh, but in the last sort of half an hour, 40 minutes, it's actually been confirmed. So there you go. There it is. It's, um, yeah, it's huge, huge. Maybe it's a, just another challenge. He, he wants to win another, um, win some races under another banner to prove mm. that he is the best driver in the world. Yeah. There was a great story in the Australian uh, yesterday, I think it was, uh, Vice Captain Anne Bish. You talk about one of the big coups, and this is a huge coup that didn't quite happen. And it's a great story. You'll find it online if you're a rugby league fan. Back in 1987, I think it was, Kerry Packer, who was great friends with the then Manly icon and coach Bob Fulton, they came up with the idea of stealing Gene Miles right. and Wally Lewis yep. from Queensland Rugby League this is way before the Broncos entered the competition. Yep. That was 88, I think, the Broncos was, entered, yeah. 88 it was, yep. 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 Was it? Yep. Yep. From memory. Because Manly went on to win the 87 competition mm -hmm. with Paul Vorton as captain from memory. And I remember the first game 
the next season when the reigning premiers, Manly, were playing the Brisbane Broncos and Manly got flogged. And I remember looking at it in my little TV. I was in Bathurst and I went, Jesus, this is a force to be reckoned with, this Queensland side. Yep. Anyway, Kerry Packer with Bob Fulton. It was a big secret. They were going to sign Gene Miles and Wally Lewis and bring them to Manly. It was huge money back then. And uh, there was all sorts of deals involved in the play. Gene uh, uh, Miles ha- had to be committed to doing a Channel 9 commentary and oh, colour pieces and yeah. all that. And they both were ready to go to Manly, to Brookvale. And they uh, and the only the only stipulation was the Queensland Rugby League had to match it. It was massive, 197000 or something each. And they matched it and they didn't come down. Wow. Actually, didn't know they, that story. Yeah, they were. I've I've heard that story. Like Wally Lewis was, he was locked and loaded. Like he was 86. packed. He was, he was ready to go. Like he was. Yes, yeah, I'm doing this. And it was only at the death that the the QRL came back and said, "No, nah, you're staying here." It was 1986. Yeah, there you go. It was 1986. I'm just trying to find out how much money it was back then. It was just big, an absolute. Big bickies, four, yeah. And it was no salary cap. Of course, there was no salary cap, but the Queensland Rugby League matched it. And they stayed in Queensland. There you go. And the rest is history. It as was they, well worth it. As they say, the Night Shift, Triple M, it's the Man Cave. The Night Shift around Australia on the Triple M Network because it's Friday. It's the Man Cave. Um, Bisho is with me. The Vice Captain, Adam McDonald, is also here. Um, and I've got to tell you, a little bit later in the program when I talked to Gavin Morris, the weatherman, there's another tropical cyclone coming to Queensland. Did you read this? I don't I was thankful it wasn't last week because I was up there um, on my sister-in-law's yacht enjoying uh, some time in the, uh, what what was it, Moreton Bay area. Lovely weather. No sign of any... So you've got a racehorse that's won in Newcastle. Now you're on yachts. Yeah, but I don't own the yacht. I've got nothing to do with the yacht. fair dinkum. But gee, it's good. I don't think you're connecting with my demographic at all. (laughs) I'm Um, connected. (laughs) Mind mind you, I've got an old mate who won 15 million. Oh, oh, there you go. That's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I don't own any of it. Um, It's only 5% in the racehorse too. Let's get fair dinkum. Anyway. Um, but don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Anyway, just, I own a racehorse. I'm talking to my <laughs> listeners in far north Queensland. Uh, the Some weather models are hinting at the possibility of yet another tropical cyclone after Jasper and Kiralee. And they're saying it could be developing in the Coral Sea and it could make landfall over the Queensland coast. Um, we'll talk more about it a little bit later. Scooter Bob's one of my scouts one of my reporters in far north Queensland, he's in Bowen, he's rung through. Good day, Scoot. Good day, mate. What's the latest? Morning. Uh, well, we, um, we made it home and, um, yeah, there's another load sitting out there bobbing up and down. Um, it looks like it'll, it, it might develop later on. Um, we made it home without any trouble, but I see... Uh, this morning when we were coming out of the motel, I looked down the left hand uh, or the left. Yeah, where, uh, where were you? Because you were worried you're gonna, you were going to be stuck because of the flooded roads. Where were you? Yeah, well, we were at, um, we came out of the windmill motel. Uh, oh, Mackay. Yeah, Mackay. And um, I looked down to the left at the road uh, where we were turning right on and it was absolutely flooded. But you got home to Bowen, okay. That's fantastic, mate. 
They, I asked yeah. I asked Scooter to give me a call, make sure he's all right. So you got home. Yeah, got home. And um, uh, I've got some more power pollen coming. Good on you. Well, you uh, keep you keep your power pollen up. You keep taking good two, stuff. That yeah, he's been on it. He's he's been on it for a long, long time, and he swears yeah. by it. Because what happened to Scooter Bob was he? I think I sent him some Nature B ages ago, and uh, after about two weeks, he really saw a difference. And then he ran out, and that's when you notice it, Adam, isn't it? That's when that's you. That, that's what I was saying before. It's you don't notice it like it's not a, a real kick when you're on it, but as soon as you're not. That's when it's, um, you know, you need it. Yeah. Scooter, I'll let you go, buddy. Thanks for letting us know you're okay. Well, I'll let you know about that um, new low out there. Okay. The Good on you, Scoot. We're watching. Okay, mate. Thank you very much. One triple three five three. David, what you, you wanted to say something about Nature B. David? Hey, Luke. How you going? Good. What did you want to say? Um, yeah, no, I've been taking Nature B maybe two years, a bit longer. Um, I've always had night shifts and rotating shifts and um you can notice a difference and even when i get run down i do break out in cold sores a little bit but i notice when i have taken it that doesn't tend to happen and when i stop taking it and i'm run down and tired they tend to come back break out there so i don't know if anyone's ever said that before or not david roughly tell me your age uh, 48. Oh my goodness me. I'm 48 as well and I have that exact problem. Um, I'm, I've am i been diagnosed with shingles. So when I'm down and out and mm. run down, I get shingles. That is exactly what you're saying happened it's, to it's me. It's funny, yeah. Because yeah, you, you can get the cold sore cream, put it all on, but yeah, when you're still taking Nature B... Well, it doesn't seem to come out. So. Yeah, so I fortunately yeah. have, um, like, it, it's on my lower back. I, I sort of break out and shingles in my lower back uh, when I am and down and out. And absolutely, taking Nature B, it was happening once or twice a year. I'm lucky for it to happen once a year now. Wow. It's been it's brilliant. It's good for everything. It's, it's really good it's for nat- everything. And it's natural to food. It's yeah. collected by bees. Nature B, powerpollen.com.au. If you order now, you get a, a week for free. I'll pass on your um, your thoughts, David, to uh, the cookette, okay? Yeah, and just before I go, like, there's a few. I mean, first, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, but just to quickly, yeah. last week, I think you were talking about the banks and how much profit they make and things like that. The what? Um, the banks. The banks. The banks and how much profit. I tell you what, do me a favour, Dave. Stay there. Hold that thought. I can tell you got a bit to say. I've got to take a break. So can you stay there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't go we'll away. We'll be back. <laughs> We're going to get rid of this quickie today. It sounds like this. The clue so far, 1982. And we'll have another clue um, in 15 minutes if we don't get a winner in this section of the program. But 1982 sounds like this. One triple three five three. Now, Dave, thanks for waiting on. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, you've, you've got a problem with the banks. What's happened? Oh, no, no, not a problem. Um, just with the banks, you're saying they make a lot of profits, and, and I know they do. My missus works. Well, they're, they're allowed to make profits. Hang on. They have shareholders, and shareholders need a return. But do you put profits before servicing your loyal customers? Uh, the, the, yeah, and green. Screwing people senseless. Because uh, during the week, we talked about Bankwest who have gone now completely digital. There are Mm. no branches. You can't walk into a branch and look someone in the eye and sort out a problem. You've got to do it all on the phone. 
And it's to me, it's really, really sad. Yet they still charge plenty of fees, but you can't sort out a problem face-to-face anymore. And I fear that most banks are going to go down this path. ING Bank is like that. The ING yeah. Bank, yep. I get frightened that they will as well, and I don't like that. I like going in face-to-face. Um, I was just going to say, my missus works in one of the banks, um, not as a teller, but higher up. And sometimes when the government legislates, because I don't know everything, but when they legislate something and they bring in a change, the banks have to comply. And she did say to me, she said sometimes that could cost them maybe not $10 million, but close to it. But that's when they do software, roll it out, um, all the like behind. So there's always hidden stuff that customers may not see as well. Yep. Can we just cue the uh, ball in? <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not saying... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm no. frightened everything's going that way, like away from tellers, even yourself sort of checkouts. I refuse to use them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I refuse to use them. I was shopping with my son one Sunday morning before basketball. We had a fair bit there, and uh, they only had the self-checkout. And I, was, and I went to the lady at the cigarette counter and said, Could, can you please open up a checkout? And Jacob said... Why aren't you going through the self-checkout? And I said, simple, I don't work here. Well, there you go. And we didn't even get a Christmas party because you at least work there twice a week, most of us, doing the and self-serve. The, and the thing is, those self-serve <laughs> um, those self-serve areas, they're so small and you get 15 trolleys in there and it's just bloody bedlam. But I've never been through the self-serve without must, it going, oh, and I, I need help. I must look like a thief because they watch you. Yeah. Every single like move that, you make, like they that, are watching. Like and that it's copper like, at Bungendore. He's, it's really unnerving. Um, just going back to the banks... First for me, and I will say it was Queanbeyan, I walked into what I thought was the St George Bank, but was in fact the Westpac Bank, in fact the St George Bank. So they had one, uh, two windows, St George and Westpac. They're the same thing now. And exactly the same thing. The same but thing. one, I, I, I'm thinking, where do I line up? What do I do? Um, and the teller did both. So it didn't matter. There wasn't no. a St George line or a Westpac line, but... Yeah, so they've completely merged. That's right. This, it, just, it just scares the shit out of me. This is just another step towards a cashless society. Oh, we're there. We're and nearly there. It's, it, it's, it's just crazy to me. You're just going to be monitored. You're not going to be able to... I don't know. I just don't like the fact that it's my money. I'll do what I want. I went to buy a car a while back and I needed um, to take some cash out of the bank and I had to jump through hoops oh, isn't to that explain a, yeah. to this this dickhead behind the counter what I wanted to spend my money on. Yeah, mm. they ask you. Like they I said, I, I want to take I want to take $13,000 cash out. He goes, what for? I said, who cares? It doesn't matter to you. It's my money. Is the money in there? He goes, yeah. So why do I have to tell you? You've got a book in advance. I've been caught with that trap. Really? Mm. It's ridiculous. We don't yeah. carry that sort of money That's... with us in the bank. Well, what are you? Well, I you're, think if you purchase something, uh, I think if you purchase something ten grand or more, it's not legal tender. You're not allowed to do that anymore. But well, but it you is. Can your... if you, buy, you can if you're buying a car from Lakemba. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Dave. Thanks, All right, too Dave. easy. Thanks, guys. Hey, Dave. Thanks, so, cool. thanks for your company, mate. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, I better not. They're not. But not what? what? Oh, what was that? Sorry. No, no I, I, said, I said it was a good call. Uh, yeah, we said thanks for your company. company. Oh, no, it's too easy. I thought you said to give the, the company. No, no. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, give the company. Oh, yeah, no. no, we don't need to do that. Too much information. No, no, no. We're in enough trouble. One triple three five three. We are so close to being a complete cashless. 
Just have a look in your wallet. You got your wallet on yet, Adam? Yeah, oh, it's in my room. How much? How much cash have you got on in your wallet now? Ah, uh, probably thousand bucks, eleven hundred. Really, like you carry that much? Well, I'm. The, okay, this is Bishop. my this is my industry. If I'm if I'm somewhere and someone's got someone th- something for sale, I need to go bang. I'm going to buy it. Okay, I'm well, not going to say, oh, do you take Luke's tap got, and go? Luke's got two ten dollar notes. I've got a ten, <laughs> a fifty, and a twenty. Yeah, that's it. I usually carry about a thousand bucks. Wow. But that's just the industry I'm in. That's my game. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what they all say. One, triple, three. <laughs> five, five, three. Let's get rid Do of this quickie. G'day, Who Steve. Who are they? Steve, Who are, they? The... Who are these they people? They say. <laughs> Steve, what's the Steve. quickie? Uh, this Nine Inch Nails Closer. No, it's... 1982. 1982. Uh, Brett, what's the quickie? I'm hoping it goes a bit like this. Oh, the tiger survivor. <laughs> Do that again. Have you got a toilet roll with you? You sound like, like you've got one of those doof doof toilet roll things. He sounds like a, a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're wrong on both parts there, brother. Still sound a bit. He's a survivor. Still sound a bit of this. So, I mean, if it is is, is constrict. Const- you got me. Page number three five three is the telephone number. It's rare. Good day, Craig. How you going, Good, mate? Hey, Craig. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Oh, this is this could be dangerous. This is this is my demographic. This is not a fifteen million dollar lotto winner, Craig. Yeah. What are you doing, son? <laughs> Listening to you, waiting to talk to me. Yeah, I'm right We're here, talking. brother. What have you, what What's have you, doing? How many, how many, how many skewies have we had so far, Craig? Oh, I've had a couple. Yeah, <laughs> just a quiet few. How, how many, how many, how many shots have you had as well? No, I don't have shots. Don't you? Okay, so you sound this rooted on just two skewies. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I want to get the quickie. Okay. I'm right, sure sh- you do. Have a shot, Craig. Go, What's Craig. going on? He Impre- doesn't do shots. Impress us, Craig. Oh. oh. I hope he gets Billy it. Billy Joel, uptown town girl. Nah. <laughs> and we're in a very Billy Joel state of mind. We are. At the New York state of mind, Billy Joel wrote that. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw what you you did there. But I want to know where, where he is and what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you up to? Why aren't you in bed sleeping? Oh, I should be. <laughs> I wasn't on the phone for an hour waiting. Yeah, it, yeah, it's been worth the wait though. So what? What are you? What are you doing? What are you? What do you do for a living? I, I just um eat me tea. You what? Eat your feet? Oh, yeah, Tucker. He had his tea. Eat your tea. Well, you you had your tea at two o'clock in the morning. I call it tea. Right. Okay. And you've had a couple of skewies. Uh, you have you been entertained while you've been on hold at least? Or would you? Or would you like your money back? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living, Craig? I'm a plumber and gas fitter. Are you? Um, Have working? you got an early start? Nah, I'm a tradie. I start when I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's, uh, he said he'll be there at eight. He'll lob up at twelve. What time? What time is your first job, Craig? Oh shit. It's going to be like 9 o'clock now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I told you. You know what? <laughs> Thank God I've got a decent plumber. We love you, Tommy. Love you. <laughs>
Hang on, hang on. Oh, there's more. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Um, I, was a, I was a Prince plumber, right? <laughs> yes. I started in 82. Right? Yes. You are talking about that last night. Yes, we were. The hands-on, right? There's no good going to school first. You have to go to work. And when I started my apprenticeship, we went... Would you... How would you feel? Would you hire Craig at 9 o'clock later <laughs> this morning? You reckon you do a good job? I'd let him work on my neighbour's toilet, not mine. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, good on you, Craig. <laughs> yeah, you still with us? Yeah, I got you back. Okay. I thought you hung up on me. No, never. No. no what I'm... What Luke was last night... Yeah. It's no good going to school. You have to be on hands-on yeah. on the job with, with the boss. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about um, the TAFE and the the apprentices, yeah. and there was some. There was some. I, I hear what you're saying, Craig. All jokes aside, uh, some apprentices are saying what they're teaching at TAFE today is irrelevant. The teachers are too old. They're teaching a curriculum you cannot use. Yeah, well, and we it's, learned algebra at school, and it's we out of date. It? It's yeah. out of date. But we're also talking about the skills shortage we have here in Australia. You know, um, and in in order, how, how do we encourage more young Australians to want to become apprentices and get their hands dirty? And it's a, it's a, it's a tough job. But can I tell you Thanks. the part that got me with that yeah. is the lack of flexibility. That's this. That's that generation. They have to make everything work for themselves. I don't want to. You know what I mean? We we didn't have flexibility. Yeah. Well, there's a there was a tradie. He's thirty year old, and he said that um, he's had young kids say, "Yeah, I'll start up." And they want to go home by lunchtime. One too of, hot. It's too hot. I want to go home. Adam, Adam, Up a concrete. When Adam, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, you were telling us the story a couple of years ago when you were running a place in Sydney, and you had a young kid who didn't know how to use a broom. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't sweep. Like literally. How old was like he? I was, oh, he would have been nineteen, something like that. But I don't think it's all kids. Like um, I was just having a conversation with someone at work today about. Um, about this exact topic where like take Wonderboy for example his work ethic is is on point like he's he goes to work at he goes to work before school then he go, comes home showers and goes to work after school and he sometimes comes home and goes it was such a shit day at work but he gets up he's there early and stays late at home he's a slob he doesn't do anything he sits mm, down sits on his relate. ass all sits on his ass all the time and and it's just it's like there's two different people there but but his work ethic is like, I I can't I couldn't ask for more out of him. Like mm. he he he's, he he never takes a day off. He'll he'll go to the ends of the earth for the for his work. Um, but yeah, at home he's just uh, you get nothing. Mm. Have we bred? And we're not talking millennials now. We're talking Gen Z. Have we only ourselves to blame for this group of young Australians who many people describe as entitled and lazy? Or have we got it all wrong? One triple three five three. I was about to give Craig a triple M T-shirt. He's dropped out. Anyway, uh, he's, fall fa- he's fall- <laughs> Would you hire Craig at nine o'clock th- th- this morning? <laughs> one one tri- one triple three five three is the telephone number from the album Circus Animals. Did you know that the song Bow River, one of Cole Chisel's greatest songs, mm-hmm. was actually a B-side to this? Forever Now was the A side. Right. Bow River was the flip B side. And uh, 
I've got to be honest, I used to play Bow River more than this, but we'll give this a spin, shall we? We shall. You're listening to The Night Shift on Triple M. Yeah, the chisels here on the night shift with Luke Boner, Bish, and the vice captain Adam McDonald. One triple three five three. It's the man cave. Um, gonna take a break. We'll come back. Bish and vice captain. We've got a bloke online who has worked professionally with sharks Ooh, for, sev- an interesting for job. seventeen years, and uh, he's got some stories to tell us. Um, the quickie. Time for another clue. Okay, 1982 was clue number one. Clue number two is it's part of the Great Britain explosion that happened in the 80s. The band is from Great Britain. They're English. We said they're a band. Okay, it's it's another clue. You're not very good at this. I'm not good at this. This is why you leave it to me. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. (laughs) Okay, it's a... (laughs) It's a super group from the UK and they called this era the UK romantic era. Good clue, nonetheless. But it's a, that's a good clue by any standard, isn't it? That's a belter of a clue. Thank you so much. If I was to make a clue, mm, it would probably be that. That would be the one. Yes. And Thomas, if I was going to ask your opinion, I'll give it to you. <laughs> so... Another tropical cyclone is coming to Queensland, according to some weather models, according to the Bureau of Meteorology. Um, another tropical cyclone after Jasper and Kirtley is developing in the Coral Sea and uh, could be causing people grief. Nothing to worry about just yet, but the next low-pressure system to look out formed yesterday near Kagari, which is formerly Fraser Island. Um, from the central trough that dumped intense rainfall over southeast Queensland, the Bureau is saying. However, this low is not like the typical tropical low that you look out for because it formed so far south. But we'll keep a close eye on that. And um, for our folks in Queensland, uh, what do you make of all of this? It's part of living in Queensland, I guess, Bish and Vice-Captain, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It, it is. is, yeah. yeah. You've got to get used to it. <clears throat> Like the cold in Canberra. Well, Bish, Bish, the second day I was here it was minus seven. Oh. And I'm like, that wasn't in the brochure. That, 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 <laughs> the brochure. Like, I bet it was. The wineries were, but yeah, not, not that. <laughs> minus seven. I couldn't oh. believe it. Anyway, one triple three five three is the telephone number. Why? Okay, the Man Cave quickie sounds like this. 1982, and I've just given away too many clues now. Uh, It it is a British band. Um, That's that's all you need, is it? That's plenty. That's plenty. One, triple, three, five, three is the number. Steve from Harvey Bay is online with an interesting story. G'day, Steve. Welcome to the Man Cave. G'day. How you doing? Hi, Luke, Michelle, Adam. What's going on, Stevie? Super excited to hear you've been working with sharks for such a long time. Bit of an expert? Uh, I would call myself an expert, jack of all trades, but not an expert. As, what capacity yeah, have you worked what, with yeah. sharks? 
I used to work for a marine institution for that period of time as a diver, so um, I won't say where, but um, at that time I've sort of worked with every you know, every type of shark from dusky whalers to tiger sharks, bull sharks, lemon sharks, bronze whalers, things like that. So um, they get, you know, I, I just kind of think they get a little bit of a raw deal, that's all. Everybody's talking about bull sharks at the moment, and there seems, I think I read the other day, Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but they've counted 27 or 28 tagged bull sharks just in Sydney Harbour. Um, these sharks apparently are very versatile. They adjust to their environment really easily and can be quite aggressive. Now, you said that you've worked with bull sharks. It was a bull shark that attacked that poor woman at Elizabeth Bay the other night. What can you tell us, Steve, about bull sharks? Oh, just from my own personal experience, um, <clears throat> they don't seem to be as um, aggressive as what everyone's putting them out to be. Every every shark is totally different in the environment. Like, I've dived with the bull sharks in very dirty, murky water, and I've never been bitten by them. I have been bitten by a couple of, by, you know, twice by sharks, but... What know, type of sharks? The working... Oh, they were actually grey nurse sharks. Oh, so it's very docile, yeah. Very, so it's supposed to be very docile, but um, they can be aggressive when when you introduce food. Yeah, no, right? fair because, enough. Yep. Yeah, and that's the same with anything. You know, yeah, as soon as you introduce food, it totally changes their behaviour and perception and things like that. And yeah. I, yeah, you know, I'm quite, um, yeah, I'm very sorry for that woman that got bitten in the Sydney Harbour. But you got to look at what time of day or night was she? It was a in. dusk. It was a dusk. It was seven thirty quarter to eight. Yeah. Yep, and that's pretty much while they're still out there hunting. You know, they normally hunt from night till, you know, dawn till dusk sort of thing, From or sorry, from, you know, night time to dawn. So basically that's that's when they're out there hunting, looking for food. And anything that looks flashy, splashing or anything like that, yeah, could be, that could come across as, a, you, know, uh, you know, an animal in distress, that, they're going to go and have a look at it. And they don't, they're not like us where we can stick our finger in the ice cream and taste it. They've got a bite to find out what it is. What about yeah. sharks that you see, like when you, you, you see people out, uh, you know, in their little boats and, and sharks come up and approach and uh, are they just, you know, sort of investigating? Are they inquiring on, on what, what that object's about? Like what, what, what's that, that kind of behaviour from a shark? Oh, Michelle, that's a good question. Um, Basically, you'll find that um, sharks will be attracted by the electric um, or the, you know, the electrical impulses given off by, say, the electrodes or anything like that from the engine. Um, you zinc anodes that are on on the boat to to dissipate, you know, where to stop the corrosion and stuff like that. They get attracted to all that, right. you know, from their. Um, They've got a, a lateral, their lateral line, which runs down the side, each side of their body, which is ampullae of Lorenzini, and that's also up around under underneath their nose as well. Um, that just picks up electrical impulses from everywhere, and they get, they they just get attracted to that, and they want to go find out what it is, and that's where you find out uh, or see sharks taking a bite out, you know, taking a bite on an engine uh, leg or anything like that. It's purely going, okay, what's that? And they, they just take a bite to find out what it is. I remember being a, um, when I was in the, sort of my senior years at high school, we used to go down to Shelley Beach off Manly spearfishing. Mm-hmm. And mm. we'd see, we'd see um, not great big sharks, but 
you know, maybe meet along. Um, I don't know whether, what, what they would have been. Would it have been Port Jackson's or something like that? Port Jackson's very big around that area and gummy sharks. But you're right, Port yeah. Jackson's and Grey but, but, like, we would go, we would probably get there for 10 a.m. And they were really dopey and really lazy. You know, they weren't interested in anything. They were just sort of um, just barely moving, moving along. They weren't um, aggressive or inquisitive or anything like that. That would be because of the time of day. Or were they full? Well, or were Port, they full? Port, Jack- Port Jackson's, you usually find, a, you know, they're, they're a bottom-dwelling shark. They're like a leopard shark. They've got no teeth. Yeah. They've got crushing plates. And they just generally forage around the bottom for shellfish, crabs, things like that. Maybe, and they're maybe. not a very big shark. They're not a very big shark at all. Yeah, maybe I was uh, too big of a meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, well they, they wouldn't even look at you. But, yeah, I'll give you a bit of a bit of an idea. When, when we used to do um, school educationals and things like that, you know, I used to tell, say to the kids, you know, if I put you out in the bush for about three weeks with nothing to eat, what are you going to actually start to look for? And this is the same thing with some of the sharks. We, we're overfishing the oceans, things like that. So you don't know how long that animal's gone without a meal. So mm. humans aren't exactly part of it, part of their diet, you know, at all. And you usually find that, you know, and as I said to the kids, you know, if I put you out in the bush for three weeks with nothing to eat, what are you going to start looking for? And they'll, they'll start saying all these different things, grubs, things like that. And I said, well, do you normally eat that at home? And they go, no. And I said, well, that's exactly like with sharks. Um, you know, if, Fair enough. If they can't find something that they're going to eat, they're going to look for something else to just to sustain till they get to their normal normal food source. So just on that, haven't we sort of changed in that, um, like I know I spent a lot of my life up at Lake Macquarie um, and there's just so many, you see so much life in Lake Macquarie now, um, we went through a period where, like you say, sharks or whatever would have been looking for food. Hasn't that sort of, haven't we done a dramatic twist with that now? Oh, we could have. Um, hard to say. I'm, like I said, I'm not really in the industry anymore. Um, I'm actually in an, another industry right now. I'm on my way home from work. So, um, so I'm sort of a little bit out of the loop with that sort of thing. But um, you usually find that... Um, like in Lake Macquarie with food source and stuff like that, you know, if there's sharks in there, they'll predominantly look for that. Um, But again, anything that's, don't forget sharks are very opportunistic feeders where if it's an easy, if it's something easy that they can get to, they'll go for that rather than expend the energy to go for something else. Mm. But that's that's typically with any apex predator. They are going to go for the easy meal rather than the hard meal. So is that why they're going into the, these sharks are going into the fresh waters, going into the estuaries, going up the canals, going up where they they're not they weren't usually traditionally found. It's it's because um, the food sources where they usually feed are sort of drying up, so they they're going further further afield no, to, get well, a, to get a feed. Bull sharks, uh, bull sharks do go into fresh water. They've been found up the Amazonian River. They've also been yeah their their other name is an Amazonian River river shark and they've been yeah. found up to 4,000 kilometres inland following the river systems um, both there the Zambezi River and also um, here through through all the river systems here which are connected to the ocean you'll find they'll go up there and it's purely to exploit the food source mm. and I, I understand also um, the further inland they go into freshwater territory obviously they don't have saltwater predators 
uh, there and it's a safe place for them to breed? Well, it's quite possible, but, you know, sharks do breed out in the ocean as well, so, um, you know, that's exactly what what it is sort of thing. And, you know, but you'll find, like, like I said, you find that bull sharks will go into, you know, freshwater, saltwater, um, purely looking for food. They go up there to get rid of parasites. You know, the, the fresher the water, the parasites aren't going to stay there. They're going to yeah, sure. climb out. Yeah, yeah Just Steve from Harvey Bay, who's worked with sharks professionally for 17 years. Just quickly, I'm gonna keep, we're going to keep moving, but here's a question. Um, you said, when did this woman get attacked? And I said, dusk. And you went, uh-oh. So when are the times you, if, if you wanted to go into the ocean or swim in the harbour, when wouldn't you go? Me personally, I wouldn't go swimming at um, night time, um, things like that. You know, night time, so sort of thing as it's starting to get to sunset, to sunrise is pretty much the times yep. I wouldn't go swimming out there. Mm. Unless, it's you, like... unless, you're, you know, unless you're diving, um, you're doing your night dive or things like that where you're totally submerged under and you're totally part of the environment, um, that's usually pretty good. But if you're swimming on the surface, splashing around, you've got your white-soled feet, you know, your lily-white hands, and that f- flashing around, that looks like you know, something that could be an easy meal. And would you avoid um, throwing a stick for your dog into the water at that time as well? Oh, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is- it's it's interesting because Bish should be attest to this. Like I living in Canberra and driving around the s- surrounding areas, I don't like driving at night time because of the wildlife oh, are, yeah. are, more, are, are more active. Mm. And they're like driving from where I am into work every morning. There's the the casualties on the side of the road with both cars and animals. It, it's there every week and every day. Lots it's of there. It. So that's that's when these animals are active and they're they're. They're, they're up and about and they're looking for food and that that's their time of day so I just avoid it like if it's a, if it's after dusk I don't I don't go for a, a long distance drive um, and it'd be the same as being in the water yeah it's just something that increases the chances of something happening tenfold. Steve just really quickly because we'll let you go have you ever been bitten by a shark you've had you know 17 years working with them you've been bitten two bites and does I've it had hurt two bites as oh it damn well does hurt <laughs> why did you get bitten um, it, um, I got bit. My first one was uh, on the hand, um, on my right hand, and basically I had to have microsurgery to two of my fingers to get the what, tendon. What sort of shark was it? It was a grand earth shark. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. And second we, time? we mentioned this before. The yeah. second time was another grand earth shark. Where did he bite you? And and basically it was pretty much I had white soled um, dive boots on and I swimming past it. Um, you know, there and of course it uh, it could have mistaken my flashing white foot as uh, something to eat, or I might have brushed up too close to it, and it, it bit me on my left ankle. There so, you go. Yeah. Moral to the story: swim with dirty feet. <laughs> Pretty the, much. The the yeah. ankle bite. How serious was that? Uh, it wasn't as bad as the hand bite. Uh, put it this way: they did. I have got a souvenir at home of half a tooth that was still in my ankle bone when they took it out. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Great story. Which, hand, which hand was it? Yeah, right hand or left hand? <laughs> oh, right matter? hand. I want to know if it still works. <laughs> oh, 
it it works perfectly. You know, the the surgeons did a fantastic That's job all, on no. it. That's all good. Okay, no. Yes, you really <laughs> disappoint me. You really dis- <laughs> you really disappoint me, Stephen. Um, I want to put you back to Thomas. I want to say we all want to send you some some gifts, some gloves. Oh, much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I have also worked with um, you know, the dusky whalers and things like that with the chain mesh suit and everything like that. So yeah. So, which is completely like a butcher's glove, but covering your whole body. Yeah. yeah. All right. Stephen from Harvey Bay, thank you so much. You've been a great contributor to the Man awesome Cave stuff. today. You're awesome yeah. stuff. Stay there. Uh, Thomas is going to talk to you. I want to send you some some stuff, okay? Caller. Yeah, also first on call, a long-time listener too. Oh, good on, you. good on you, mate. Good on you, Steve. Loyal. Mm. All right. Have a good night, guys. You stay, you you stay right, right there. This is The Night Shift. On the Triple M Network. Do you know what your problem, Bish, is? Oh, I've got lots of problems. You can tell me one or two of them. I'm going to tell you. Where do we start? Right. I'm a realist. So you've got three sons and a husband. (laughs) There's four problems. (laughs) Ex-professional footballer. Two sons who are on the edge of being professional footballers. The Uh, other one that just wouldn't get off the couch, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. so I said, what hand did he bite you on? And you immediately, you immediately, (laughs) I wanted to know, is he right-handed or left-handed? And was it his right hand? And does he struggle today? Because he said micro, you see. Struggle with what? Writing. With writing. And typing. You really, really disappoint. Dear, oh dear. Jeff. We do cover everything on this show. Jeff, hello. Well, hello, people. Hey, Jeff. Hello, Miss Bishop. Oh, it's lovely to hear your beautiful dulcet tones on the radio. Oh, well, Luke's not agreeing oh. tonight. Today, well, this hey, morning. Yeah, well, I've been, on, I've been barred all week because uh, I got number six last week. He's, so. won, he's won six quickies. I said you were barred for the whole week. Are you driving right now? Can I ask if you're driving with your left or your right hand, just for Luke's purposes? I've got my right hand on the... Big steering wheel. Okay, but when when you deliver your horn, what hand do you use? <laughs> oh, really? Use my left hand, mate. Left hand. Uh, you, so when so give us a left. There's so many bad jokes. Give there. us give let's us just, give us your horn. Let's just move on. Show Bish your horn. And you're doing that with your left hand. That's a big horn. Yeah, that's my left hand. That's your left hand and horn. Does it sound different if you do it with your with your right hand? Do you barbecue with your left or right hand? When you, are you left-handed or right-handed? Well, I was left-handed, but I had it bashed out of me when I was a kid. Oh, let's not go there. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. No. Anyway, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want? What, what do you, do you want? want? What are you doing? Well, I would like to have a crack at the... No, you're barred for the week. No, no, I was barred from the last one. No, you're barred for a week. No, you... you... Uh, okay, all right. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. Okay, go. Let's get it over with. If you get if you get this, I am so spewing. Go. Okay, well, I reckon it's Iron Maiden, Run to the Hills. No, you're wrong. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, One triple seven. <laughs> Wasn't the, one of the clues, it's from a, like, um, it's from the British romantic era? <laughs> I don't know if anyone's called Iron Maiden romantic. <laughs> it depends who you ask. <laughs> Well, it is to me. It it depends on what pub you're visiting. (laughs) (laughs) It's the night shift around Australia. 
triple M. It's getting late. <laughs> it, it is getting early. Very, very late. So, I mean, if it is, is, is constri- constri- Yeah, right. Well, Good. Got me again. <laughs> <laughs> Triple three five three. Um, you can I, give. Am I to be able to cop it? Uh, you're on Sunrise tomorrow. I'm on Sunrise this morning. Um, I've got hot topics with Nat. I don't know who else is coming on with me, um, but uh, love you on Sunrise. By the way, n- I think you do a great job. No, this is the funny thing. I'm hopeless, and I know I'm hopeless. No, like I don't I, think you are. Like I know I'm really, really bad. And Relatable. I don't, know, I don't know why they keep coming. Relatable. Coming back to me. But anyway, um, I'll see you for hot topics on Channel Seven Sunrise, six forty-five later this morning, folks. If um, if you can tune in and say hello, seven thirty-five for me on Saturday. There you go. And sorry, Adam. Hang on a minute. Oh, hang on. This morning, and Adam McDonald. Nine fifty on Channel Seven. I, I think it's the oh. morning show. The morning show, another That's great prime show. show. That's no, no. actual prime time. No, prime yeah, time seven thirty-five. Prime yeah, time right. is six forty-five a.m. The fillers, you are the fillers. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm all filler, no killer. I'm under <laughs> no pretense of anything else. And if you want to see um, Aussie Pickers, it's on. Oh, that's right. Stan. It's, it's on Stan, a DVD apparently. somewhere in the back of the cupboard. Four ninety five in the in the in the base in the bargain bin. I found it in JB Hi-Fi. And if you buy it now, I tell you, I tell you a true story because I'm going to make a gag about Aussie Pickers when I go on there. I don't have a copy of the DVD in the house, so I'm in Canberra. I started calling around um, the the DVD shop. Said, "Do you have a copy?" One guy said, "No, you might want to check the Green Shed," and the Green Shed is like the tip. Where people take take stuff to chuck out. One guy laughed down the phone at me. Um, it was it was quite interesting um, trying to get a hold of one of these, but I got one. Wow, love it, love your stuff. Um, one of the <laughs> great, yeah, you know, it's a great story, Giselle. You'll, you'll dine out. Can we go back to the green shed? No, shush. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> um, one of one of the great friends of the night shift um, is Chris Waller, trainer of the year. He's on the phone right now. Hello, buddy. Trainer of the year, trainer of the century, trainer of the century. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Have you been listening to this Hello, rubbish this morning? I've started to about <laughs> quarter of an hour ago. Hey, but did... gee, I recognise I recognise that voice, and yeah, welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. It's um yeah, it's been very interesting. We wanted to talk to you this morning about, of course, it's um a very special moment coming up uh, for all of you guys, uh, the Winx Camp with the the Winx's uh, foal, obviously being sold. Uh, it was a bit of a shock decision from all the owners. Uh, but people started asking about the value and obviously she's going to fetch a fair bit of money. We want to ask you, because you're the expert, in terms of being a trainer and going out there and looking for someone like her, um, in terms of the history of um, champion horses, is, has there been much of a history of, of foals sort of, you know, coming off and being brilliant horses? Uh, it's a good question, Michelle. And the, the answer's not really. Um, I guess it's similar to like um, humans where you might have two great athletes, let's say Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi, does their child just naturally come out and be the best tennis player ever? So the answer is no, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a concern because it will cost a lot of money. But what the people will be paying for is 
ongoing um, pedigree. Yeah. So yeah. it can skip a generation. Uh, what Winx is capable of is breeding a superstar, but who knows when? So it's, there's no exact rules, science, and that's the intriguing thing. I guess if you knew it was going to be a superstar, it would make double what the foal's going or the yearling's going to make. And as it stands now, with that, without that guarantee, who knows? The value is what one person's willing to pay. And exactly for right. that one yeah. one person, Adam, and you know better than anyone about how auctions work. You need yeah. you need you need demand, yeah. and you need three, four, five serious parties to, to push that volume or push that price up. That's right. And then you need, so, yeah. So tell me this, is Winx, is Winx from a recognised good bloodline or was Winx like a freak of nature and now so this good. is where it starts? Freak of nature, Adam. But yeah, there's, right. there's, a hint, there's a hint in those pedigrees to say that, oh, yeah, well, that, that horse was good or this is this has done that. Um Long story short, her mum's from New Zealand, won a couple of moderate races. She was bought by an Australian, John Camilleri, breeder here. She's had a few other horses that have done okay, but certainly nothing that gets near winks. Of that magnitude, yeah. Yeah, see, it yeah. only it's happens every so often. So my, my mum was a bit, you know, sort of an average person. My dad was a freak at footy, and look what he produced. Look at me. you. And look at Absolute you. champion. <laughs> hey, 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 Chris, guess what? What? Bisho is a horse owner now. Don't, I told you not to tell no, Chris. No, 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 when no, I no. save my pennies, I'll no, buy one of Chris's. No, 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 no. <laughs> Chris, listen to this. So Bisho has bought a share. 5%. 5%. And it won in Newcastle last week. Across 900. First race. Broke its maiden. Very, very Eight. exciting. Winning proposal. Wow. You may have seen it. <laughs> and... And nothing improves horses like ownership. All their owners think they're superstar. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Even if that horse <laughs> never wins a, another race again, it was just such a great feeling. I was picture uh, this, Chris. I was in the middle of, uh, well, out there somewhere, oh, Stradbroke yeah. Island on my sister-in-law's lot. Oh, yacht, here we go. And the horse didn't look like it was going to do very good, sort of got caught on the inside. And we're thinking, yeah, okay, and then screaming. We're the only people screaming on Stradbroke Island, but... All for, what, $120? But it wasn't about the money. It's about the horse winning. And guess what? The first thing I did the next day was call to see if she pulled up okay, and she was great. Oh, that's fantastic. There you go. Uh, that's good. So to answer the story, how, how much will the, the, will the yearling yeah. um, out of winks make? I, I'd be saying between three and five million. There you go. Wow. And where does that Worldwide sit? Worldwide interest, does, by where, the way, guys. Worldwide where interest. Do, where does that sit in the scale of, like, I don't know what a, a top-line racehorse costs. Like, where does that sit? Is that like an expensive horse or is that like a wow, sort of moderate horse? Expensive. Yeah, it, because we're ignorant, Chris. Is that... So, no, no, it's a good question. It'll be close to an all-time record. Record, yeah. Chris, oh, am I okay, right in yeah. saying that this is just from memory? It Was, was Winks about 220, 250 30, or something? 230. 230. There you go. So Winks as a foal was bought... For two hundred and thirty thousand, so there you go. Yeah, a- average price at the sale, Adam, that where she's selling will be around three fifty. It's the it's the cream of the crop. It's yeah, the, right. It's the boutique sale of the year. There's about four hundred horses, and yeah, the, the average will be about three fifty for for the other I, horses. I guess that's a that's a big a big um, investment in in a, in a maybe. Or, or it's a big, yeah. inve- a big investment in a long-term plan where you, where you might get, um, yeah, you might get a good horse down the down the track, um, but I guess that's the game, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. It is. And, and that type of money, you've got to put in perspective. Some people have a lot of money. Mm. Of course, yeah. yeah. And then you know yeah. what? You've got to go and find a decent trainer. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know where we can? Yeah, yeah, do, do you know, know, you know, know anyone? Do you know anyone, Chris? <laughs> I'm petrified. Like, it depends who buys it. There's probably a, I guess, probably a 20% chance that I'll end up training her, which is a bit sad. Um, if one of my clients purchases the horse, I'm a great chance of training it. Mm. Uh, if it's an outside owner, they might have other trainers. So, yeah, that's my only concern. Oh, well, let me know because I'll be on that ride again. Yeah. That was enormous. One of the best periods of my life following um, the oh. horse and all the connections that they were brilliant people. Um, just give them a plug. It's the Inglis Easter Yearling Sales and it's on April 7 to 8. So if you've got a spare four or five, six million, pop on up there. Just unload Get it. Get yourself ma- a bargain. Matey with the 15. He'll have it. Oh, mate with the 15. We'll have it. Yeah. Oh. A chunk of change to throw around. Are you just about at training now? At training. Yeah. At, the track? at the track. At the track? Yeah. Well, how do you reckon Jeff would go driving a horse truck? Don't encourage him. As long as he could bring his horn and drive with the left hand. Don't encourage him, Wally, please. I hear hear he drives stick. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Waller. Chris, who are these people? I'm I'm just ducked in. (laughs) I'm so flattered you continue to listen to this rubbish, mate. It's great to have you aboard again for 2024. Keep up the great work. Good on you, Chris. Chris. See you, buddy. You can text me any tips anytime. Yeah, me too, son. <laughs> any hot tips, please let us know. He's got to go. Be good to your mother. There you go. There you go. Chris Waller. Great man, Chris. Absolute legend. Taught me a lot. Around Australia on the Triple M Network. This is The Night Shift with Luke Burner. The Night Shift. Just in the um, the science fiction but fair income department, and don't laugh at me, you two, because I'm trying to be serious. Okay, they can clone anything now, right? I was talking to Dr. Carl Krasinecki last week about their, their cloning to that, yeah. a, a, a monkey, mm. a chimp, because even though in some animals we're very close in chromosomes, we're not. And um, cloning people is another step. But if they can clone winks... Or if they could clone, if they found DNA of Farlap, could they clone Farlap and bring back Farlap or or, or um, Kingston Town? Or could you could work. you clone a Kingston Town? And but it wouldn't work. Who'd race against it if if it was? Would it be legal to? Would well, it be that's a, just it? No. Yeah, I don't. That, the, the whole that whole the whole thing is just it's so murky. You can't. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And like we yeah. talked about, you talked about losing an animal, like the family dog, or yeah. losing a child. No, it's all too much for me. I kind of yeah, it is. I'm with you, Bish. I'm with you. You feel uncomfortable. Weird, about that. extremely yeah. uncomfortable. But it's like but, you, you but, won't. They won't have the, the like even with dogs and stuff. Like, it, will it have the same personality? Will it have a like? Will it, will it would have been through the same life experiences that your dog's been through? Did you know what I mean? Now you learn through like, experiences. But Doctor yeah, Carl exactly. said with a dog, it probably would have the, the same personality. What about a person? No, nah, he says you, that's just it, weird. You just can't go there. Like you just can't. Can you cl- hear? I'm getting very deep well, now. It, it is time for me to. Yep. 
to, to what? To, to, to vacate. Can you clone a soul? No, that's what I mean. Like souls are they're not no. they're not born, they're 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 built. Do animals have know? they say yes. humans have a soul? We are born with we are born with a basic understanding of what's right and wrong. We're mm. capable of love. We ca- we have tears when Some people aren't. No, some people aren't. Do animals have a soul? Yeah. I don't I just I just think cloning anything It's just too deep for the man. I just don't want to know out. about it. Yeah, it's just out. You can't you can't be messing around with that it's stuff. Like, like you never know what's going to happen. Mm. Like it's not that I'm I fear because I'm so into like spirits and ghosts and all that sort of stuff. I believe in all of that. Why? Because I just do. Have you ever seen because one? Because I've seen it on Instagram. I'm spread it on oh, Facebook. I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on TikTok. It's on TikTok. It must actually, be I had a photo last night, actually with Anthony Mundine, and the backdrop is all funny and misty and whatever. And I said to him, "We could go and put on one of these on those paranoia, para, paranoia, paranoia, paranormal activity things, and we'd be a real hit." It's like, yeah, I don't believe in that stuff, but. Other things have happened where I'm like, yeah, there's something doing there. But anyway, that's a story for another day because people start to think I've gone mad. I, I reckon you, you should go on But no those, cloning. You should go on those par- paranoia, <laughs> paranoia sites. I think that's exactly where you belong. Oh, I've been on a few of those paranoias. One triple three five three. It's the man cave. Adam McDonald, um, Michelle uh, Bishop, uh, Luke Boner here. The Australian Institute of Sport yesterday, big story. They're urging national sporting bodies to approve one of the biggest changes seen in Australian recreational sport. An overhaul of existing concussion protocols to include minimum 21-day rest periods for sufferers and concussion officers on the sidelines to protect kids and grassroots players from brain damage. Bish, can you take us through this? Well, look, I can see, I mean, Adam, I think he's going to say 21 days. That's just huge. In We're talking, like, this is filtering down from the top. In the NRL, um, it's 11-day stand down. Uh, they've got to go through a whole heap of protocols. The thing I like about the 21 days is even at grassroots level, even when you want to talk about, um, you know, the, the 16, the 17, the 18-year-olds that aren't playing, that are, that are playing mini professional, if you like, uh, yeah. there's always going to be that attitude for, until we stamp it out completely and it will be like it for the next two decades, she'll be right, mate. I've got three sons, two of which play in professional rugby league. They will do anything not to miss a game. Um, sure. It's competitive. It means losing their spot. It means um, it also is a, is a sign of like weakness, I guess. We have to change all of that before we worry about whether the 21 days is too long or not. And I just think yep. that it's, it's, um, it's something that, that sporting organisations right the way, all the way down to grassroots, they have to embrace. We're seeing rugby league players, one of my mates that used to play for the Raiders, uh, Sam Williams, he's been asked. He's the actual captain coach of the Queen Bee and Kangaroos down there. So he's the one on the sideline now where the pressure is on him. He actually plays in the side. Yeah, sure. But losing players and, and making the call, whether it's right or wrong, or oh, just shove him on, he'll be sweet. We can't yeah. afford that anymore. No, having, having, I mean, that was my first reaction reading the story, but um, sort of sitting back and thinking about it now, I agree with you. Um, but this, it sort of opens up this book where if, if and especially in the, in the, the, the professional grades and semi-professional grades, if someone goes off with a concussion that's deemed a foul, 
whether from a head-high tackle, the shoulder, whatever, and they get sidelined for three weeks, surely the book should be thrown at the player who did that tackle and they should get the equal amount of time on the sideline. Oh, look, I get that's the next step. I'm just excited as a parent and an absolute sports lover before anything else. Um, I, I think I've admitted here on the program, I can watch sport forever and ever. I hate watching my kids play. I hate watching my nephew yeah, play. He's with the Roosters. He's now playing over there in Wigan in the UK. Okay, so, I can't yeah. stand it so, all because of this concussion okay. business. So, so you're married to an ex-elite footballer mm-hmm. and you've got kids who are sports people. Are you, like many, many other parents, and particularly mums, who are going to say, let's pull our kids out of contact sport, AFL, rugby league, and let's get them into soccer and basketball? Can I tell you, it's too late for me because my kids are... Um, they're doing what they're doing. And I would never be one of those parents to say, oh, look, you know, I'd rather you no, do I'm this. About, I'm talking about mums of five-year-olds. Absolutely, I would be. Absolutely, I, will, yeah. I would be a yeah. mum that says, let's go and do ballet. Let's go and do something soccer. else. Because soccer, golf is probably golf or tennis are yeah, the two yeah. that I'd be tennis. getting my children into. Obviously, uh, you know, bright futures if they're good at either of them. But um, I, I, I'm a lover of rugby league, born and bred, but it does scare me. Last word, Adam. This is the this is the position I'm in. Wonder Boy, um, he's big in jiu-jitsu. He's now started um, boxing, wrestling, judo, kickboxing. Wants to be a mixed martial artist. Talk does that about worry being you? Scared shitless. Does that worry you? It it does a little, but it's it's something he's so effing passionate about it and loves it, and he he's involved in it, and he's physically fit, and I can't. I can't say no because he's so into it. But um, like Bish said, I don't know how I'd watch him. I mean, I watched him train with some big boys in kickboxing the other day and it was quite intense. Okay, but the ultimate result in boxing and that sort of sport is a knockout. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate result. You can win on points, but the ultimate result is a knockout. And what is a knockout? It's concussion. It's brain damage. Mm Absolutely. Okay, just just throwing it out there if you want some thoughts. One triple three five three. Quickly, Bish. Yo. Before we try and get a winner to this quickie, Craig Tidy, the director of the Australian Open, came out with a rule change uh, this this year, and I love it. There was so much time wasting because of let calls for those people who don't play tennis. Fifteen hours to be exact, I think they tallied it to be. So when you serve, the ball hits the net, but if it goes in the service square. Um, it's not a fault. It's a let. You get to serve it again. It has frustrated me for years. I think if the ball goes into the service square, it, it play on. Because during general play in tennis, the ball can hit the net. If it bounces in the, in the court, it's play on. Why not while you're serving? I think it's a great rule change. It's going to cause some problems because it's going to cause some players to have to change or or alternate the way that they are serving or returning serve. But I'll tell you something, I I get what he's trying to do. And this is not just for the Australian Open. He wants this across the board for all the Grand Slams. So it's a big fight to, to, you know, to have. Uh, My argument is, is there other ways that we can be looking at, um, you know, the time saving? I mean, you've got the, 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 they've got the service uh, clock that that needs to be reviewed as far as I'm concerned, that whole clock system, because they, the official doesn't press that button that for the 25 seconds. And in that time, he could have bounced the ball 25 times. Mm-hmm. There's also areas where a, a player is going to serve and they decide to fiddle around and do mm-hmm. whatever. I think there's a little, a few more areas that are more obvious that they go and nip in the bud a little bit. But look, guys, you know, why are we whinging? It's a brilliant product. It goes into the AMs every year. They can't do much more about the scheduling. It's fantastic tennis. Get over it, I say. Adam McDonald. I agree with totally agree with Bish. There's, oh, God, it, it, is, it is, is a new? great, 
in it. Oh, yeah, right. Come on, boy. If if I'm if I'm if I'm yeah, I'm, I'm nothing but a um, fence sitter today, aren't I, Luke? I mean, it's it is a good product. Um, there's there's little tweaks, but um, yeah, let's just move on and watch watch the great games. Like mm. it's uh it's it's peanuts. I mean, we want to see the five setters, don't we? We want to see the yeah. the, the exciting stuff. And if that takes that just, us to you know, we have to put toothpicks in our eyes to keep watching. So be it. Very, and that very, just very... that just opens up for the these marathons and how fit the players are 100%. and how much concentration. It's just a whole new level. Just quickly, Ouch. should the women play five sets as the same as the men? Yep. Yes. Yes. Thank you. We'll that come back. Easy. We'll come back and we'll see if we can get a winner. We quickie. could change the world. We could. <laughs> Let's give it a go. All we in do, the man cave. We're doing our best, but <laughs> start, <laughs> start. there's one fatal flaw in your argument. If we use this as a platform, <laughs> we're going to need listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Wallace listening. Chris Wallace listening. Good morning, Chris. Love you, Chris. He, he needs he needs help as well. <laughs> Arguably the most famous drum riff in the history of drum riffs, would you say? It's up there. Yeah, it's up there, isn't it? Love the detail. Okay, let's get rid of this quickie before you guys leave. Brett from Bendigo, knock it over, son, go. Oh, mate, take two. If I don't get this right, I want a prize, please. please. Right. If you don't get it right, you want a prize. Yeah, well, I rang up before and I've done a doof, doof. No, I got that wrong. Mm. Oh, the kazoo. The do the mm. doof doof thing. Oh, the paper toilet paper roll. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other woman, Ray Parker <laughs> Junior. No, sorry, Brett. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no prize no either. Prize? No, he doesn't get a prize for getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, get it. It's not like we, school we now. Just we use yeah. The, Partici- send him more toilet paper rolls. You see, participation. Yeah, participation. Education. Whatever. I'm going to bed. Uh, sorry, what did you Both say? Both get nicked. What did you say then, mate? I didn't say anything, mate. I didn't say <laughs> you anything. You tried to say something. No, I didn't. No, Come I didn't. on, you're all on. You're giving it to me. No. I'm giving it to you guys today. Trajectory. Participation. Participation award. So, I mean, if it is, is, is constrict. Const- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Const- <laughs> Shane, hello. Hi, Shane. Hello. Yeah, Shane, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. g'day. Yeah. Yeah, What's can you good? hear me, Luke? Yeah, yeah. yeah. loud and clear. Yeah. You want yeah, a quickie? Clear, yeah. uh, good morning to you guys, Luke, Michelle and Adam. Good on you, Shane. Um, shot at the quickie, please. A big, you want a what? Shot at the quickie? Yes. Okay, I think it may be by the Bungles. Video killed the radio star. Oh. I remember that one. The bungles. The buggles. The buggles. The buggles. The, the, the radio star. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> sorry, Shane. Bum bum. Uh, Who's next? Nick, hello. Hey, Nick. Nick, talk to us. Duran Duran. Duran Duran, girls on film. We got it. No. Mm. Yeah. I like that song too. Sorry, mate. Thank you. Thanks anyway. It was, it was the Buggles, not Bungles. <laughs> we knew what he meant. It's all right. We don't have all have perfect pronunciation, Luke. No, as you keep pointing out. Yes. Um, oh, I thought constantly. we were going to play it again. Rob, yeah. hello. Morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you all. Thank you. Oh, good morning. Back, Welcome. Back yeah, good morning. Um, my guess, uh, everybody, is uh, 1999 from Prince. No. 
Okay, another clue coming up uh, later on this hour. Um, Bish, it's been an absolute pleasure. So, I mean, if it is, is, is constri- constri- right, I'm not the, coming the, back. It's been constri- an absolute pleasure. Adam? That's not even a trajectory. Yes. Adam McDonald, who's the general manager of all bids. Tell us about, you also auction cars. Yes, we've got all bids and we've got car bids, which is a massive. It's I think it's Australia's biggest online car um, selling platform. So um, yeah, just go carbids.com.au. We've got prestige cars. Um, we've do you got sell gener- Range Rovers? General, yes, we do. No, 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 I sold a Range. Yeah, I sold one last week for about seventy. Oh, you're my man, Bish's car. Come and see me. Come and see me, Bish's car. Is an absolute. You don't want it, mate. I oh, know it's just been serviced. It's gorgeous. You don't. It's just been serviced. It's had more it's... more hits than Elvis. You don't. <laughs> My husband does blow up about the rims. You don't. I I, I hear it comes with a police escort. <laughs> Adam McDonald. Uh, Vice Captain, good to see you. See you next week, eh? Next week. See you, Bish. Mich- Later, boys. Michelle Bishop will be on Channel 7 tomorrow. She, what are you covering today? What's on, the, what's on the agenda today? Today, I'm going back to Bungers and oh, okay. yeah, just having an enjoy- enjoyable day. Do you enjoy Chris Waller? Love Chris Waller. He's a legend. How much is Winx Fowl going to go for, do you reckon? Five or six million. And that would be a record. It would be a record. As I said, Winx herself was, I thought it was around 240. It was exactly 230,000. 230. Debbie Capetus, I think, uh, purchased uh, Winx, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah. So Six, if you want to hear any of this rubbish again, it's on our <laughs> podcast today. Uh, we will take a break. We'll come back with more. Michelle Bishop, you have yourself a great weekend. See you on the telly tomorrow. Laters. John Mellencamp here on the night shift with Luke Boner Friday morning. And I'll be on Channel 7 Sunrise at about 6.45. We'll be looking at some of the hot topics affecting us today. We'll have a bit of fun. Love chatting to, to Nat Barr on a Friday. Sunrise on Channel 7 a little bit later on this morning. What have you got there? Oh, you got the papers. Um, so there's a story this morning. We were quite proud of ourselves here on the night shift earlier on because we were, once again, Thomas, Bestowed is the word that comes to mind. Honoured and bestowed with the privilege of being the first people in Australia, oh, in the world. Absolutely. To be able to play the very latest and newest Billy Joel song. Yes, the fantastic and iconic Billy Joel released his first new song in 17 years. It's called Turn the Lights Back On. And it was embargoed. In, in, in other words, you weren't allowed to play it until February 2, midnight. And so we played it. And I'm going to play it again for those who missed it in just a little while. I, I like it. You can hear in the chord progression. Look, it's great. It's a, it's a typical Billy Joel ballad. Uh, uh, always a woman to me. You can hear that coming through in the chord progression, I reckon. You tell me what you think. Yeah, Piano Man as well. It's a little bit of Piano Man in there, but more she's always a woman to me, I, I, I hear, I'm hearing. But I like it. It's classic Billy Joel. He's gone back to his roots. It's a great ballad. It's a great song. And uh, you'll get to hear it almost exclusively now, but you did hear it exclusively with us earlier today. Um, one triple three five three. Oh, and the quickie. I've got to get rid of this today. The quickie.
It's an 80s song. Then we worked out it's 1982. Then I told you it was a British band, a huge band during the 80s. Um, have I got time for another clue or should we leave it there? I reckon so, people... Somebody's already got the right artist. Yeah, people are clever enough. Somebody's already got the right artist. Here it is. That's the quickie. Have a crack. Back in a sec. Mark Beretta from Channel 7 Sunrise has rung through the program. Hello, brother. Hey, Luke. Hey, Luke, before you start, can I just say one thing? And I was thinking this morning, what an awesome job you and Thomas do for people who are up at this time of day. Mate, you just, you are in touch with people. You, you lift people up. But it's absolutely wonderful what you do. You're the best of the best. And the night shift is, is really special to a lot of people. That's all I want to say. Ah. Um, did you did you hear Chris Waller with us this morning? I did not. Oh, I'm a big fan of Chris Waller, as you know. Chris Waller rang through on his way to. Uh, I said, oh, are, you, "Are you on your way to training?" He said, yeah, "Well, I am." <laughs> this is how much I know because you know Michelle Bishop uh, bought a bit of. She bought, I think, five percent of a horse and it won in Newcastle last week. So yeah. she, she was very excited. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're talking about Winx's foal, which is up for for um, for sale. The Winx. And yes. and um and uh, Chris Waller said somewhere between four and five million, and wow. and Adam McDonald said, "Is that about normal?" He, and Chris said, "No, no, that'd be a record." Yeah. Um, and and oh, I th- yeah. and I think they bought Winks for two hundred and forty thousand. Yeah, her foal, four to five million, and with with yeah. no with no guarantee it's going to be any good. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, someone will pay that, and it may not. May not be here. It may be overseas as well. What do you? I mean, wow! Some people have got money. <laughs> some people do, Luke. Not you and I, but some people do. Some people got money. Um, so there you are. Um, what's the biggest sports story of today? Thanks to PowerPoll and Nature B, Nature B, PowerPoll and um, We talked about we talked about Lewis Hamilton this morning. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You got by a mile. I mean, you, you've switched. When I flicked on the phone this morning. There were a million messages and emails and social media about Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari in 2025. Obviously, that is massive, you know, uh, the multiple world champion about to change teams and, and not just change teams, go to that team's Mercedes' biggest rival in Ferrari. Uh, we could argue Red Bull at the moment is their biggest rival, but traditionally, Mercedes, Ferrari and Formula One, a massive rivalry. So, yeah, that's, that's huge news. And we also talked about Craig Tiley talking about getting rid of lets in the tennis, not just the Australian Open, but the other Grand Slams. I reckon it's a great idea. I mean, if you if you can hit the net during general play, if the ball still goes in, it's the point. Um, yep. Move it on. If it's a let but it goes in the service square, move on. What do you reckon? Uh, I couldn't agree more. And we had Renee Stubbs, the great Australian player, on the other morning on Sunrise, and, and she said the same thing, you know, and the players feel the same thing. You know, the game's moved on. You want to keep the game moving and faster, um, you know, that's the way to do it. You know, just if it, if it clips the net and, and goes in, play on. And um, what did Craig Tiley said? Something like 15 hours were lost during the tournament um, going back through, you know, to lets, if you like. So it's a good move and it, it's just, you know, the game is faster. People, people don't have the time anymore. You know, we, we expect the results straight away. And going back with a let all the time just slows the game up too much. Mark Beretta from Channel 7 Sunrise is with me. Now, Barretts, you wanted to have a go at the quickie, correct? Mm, you, yeah. For, for, I've got a miserable record, as you know. That more, miserable? Appalling. And you were... <laughs> you, years and zip. You started, actually on the Triple M network, I think. 
I, I did. I did. You yeah. were, Triple M Melbourne. Triple M in Melbourne. You were a music jock. You played. <laughs> you used to spin discs. Back at this is Mark Beretta, the fair income folks. I've done an air check. I've done. I've been, he used to say, and here's some fantastic plastic. Here's a sound that was around. We were a little bit close to the ground. Clock at the wall says we're having a ball. I, you out there, me here in the chair. And if you're out there on the roads, ah, keep left. That's, that's exactly what I did. Like, yeah. You have heard my ear check. Stacks yeah. of wax. <laughs> and yet, of all the years that Mark Barretta, Channel 7 Sunrise, has been, he, he's a pest. He's texting me and texting me <laughs> every morning. Is it this? Is it this? And he's never got even the artist right, let alone yeah. the artist in the song. Never yeah. once. Maybe, it, maybe better if I stick to sport than music, I think. Anyway, I'm going to give you another shot. Okay, last chance. Last Last chance. Here is the quickie. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ready. Have you gone through the clues? Uh, yes, I have gone through the clues. Now, look, I think... Wait, hang on, wait, let's go through the clues. It was, we said 1980s. 90, yeah, 1982. 1982. Yeah. Big hit. A British band. Yep. One more time. Mark Beretta. What's the quickie? Okay, is the band Duran Duran? I need the band and I need the song. You don't get half a T-shirt, okay? <laughs> Can I just have the arms? It'll be a start. Yeah, yeah. Um, for you, yes. Is it? Is it okay? Are you ready? Hang on, is hang on, hang on, hungry? hang on, hang on. Go on. Is it hungry like the wolf, Duran Duran? Oh, thank Christ for that. Oh, thank Christ. Oh, Barrett! Now I want to. Oh, thank God! The monkey's off the back. The monkey's off. This this has made my year. Twenty twenty four is the year of a breakthrough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll tell you this for nothing. You've made the promo, so thank you for that. <laughs> You've got... Oh, that's... Mate, I can't tell you how, how good that feels. I can't tell you. Look, I I, I was going to give you a Triple M jock strap just for having a crack, but you've actually earned the, you've earned, you've earned the T-shirt. I'm going to send you... Yes! A Triple oh. M T-shirt, but... but you, you're going to wear it one day on sunrise for one segment. Oh, done deal. Done deal. Okay. No, no problem. You promise? Yep, done deal. Yep, yep, not a problem. That's good. Oh, mate, that's so good. No more, no longer can you sledge me as the Triple M guy who can't pick the quickie. I am now a quickie champion. Well done, mate. Well done. Con- congratulations, brother. Couldn't have gone to Thanks, a nicer mate. bloke. Um, a Barrett's. I, I'm not going to play the whole song because I've got something else I've got to do. Okay. We here on the night shift were very honoured that once again we were able to play a song that was embargoed until midnight. And so for the very yes, first Billy time Joel. we played the new Billy Joel song. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please. It's called Turn the Lights Back On. And it was released midnight this morning. I can hear always a woman to me in the chords. It's very, it's a ballad. It's a love song. It's a lovely thing. 
Um, I think it's classic Billy Joel. He's gone back to his roots. I think it's fantastic. I want you to listen to it. So you're in your car. Turn up the M's right now. And Barrett's, have a listen to this. And I'll see you on Sunrise later today. See you there, Luke. Love you, mate. Love, love you too, mate. This, here it is, folks. This is the new Billy Joel song. I played it earlier, but I'm going to play it for you again. I think you'll like it. Have a listen. Well, what do you make of that? There you heard it. You heard it first here on the Triple M Network. Billy Joel and uh, his latest song, his first new song in 17 years. Um, I love it. But uh, you tell me what you reckon. I mean, Billy Joel has to be one of the most influential artists of all time, don't you reckon? And I think he is such a great storyteller, Thomas. I mean, that song, Piano Man, that stands up so strongly today is a bloody great story, isn't it? it really and you can is. And you can smell the cigarette smoke and the microphone smells like a beer. Yeah. It, can, it does. It can, I, I just think he's a great storyteller. And I think he speaks to generations of people as well. Yeah, there it is. Billy Joel. Turn the lights back on. You heard it first here on Triple M. This is The Night Shift. Triple M Network. Time for Call of the Week, and Call of the Week this week wins some Swift Grow, wins a Pestrol gadget, wins a Triple M T-shirt, and um, we found some stationery over on a desk behind Thomas. I think there's a ruler, a stapler, a couple of pens, and then uh, a permanent marker. We'll th- throw it all in. A box oh, look! And if it's, it if, 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 look, there's no one here, in the, and I don't think the cameras are working. So, look, we'll just. <laughs> We'll just Punch kill it. Cameras so they don't see. <laughs> absolutely. But no, they've won a, a Triple M night shift pack. Caller of the week is a, an absolute beauty, and it was very hard to judge. I'll let Thomas judge it from now on. Um, so no more said. Have a listen to this. This is Damo and Caller of the Week. G'day, Lukey. How are you? Damien, you sound full of beans this morning. I'm always full of beans at this time of the morning, Lukey. This is my morning. <laughs> what do you do? I've been a baker now for 20... How old am I? 44, so 24, 25, 26 years. Right, so in the baking industry, the apprenticeship sort of haven't changed much. We sort of go through your four years. Our baker, our young kids here have got to have all their schooling done within those four years. If not, they don't get their they don't get their certificate. So it comes Are there to- some bosses out there that do exploit young workers? Absolutely. In our industry, absolutely. And that's why we aren't at the top end. We're definitely right down the bottom. These kids have got to get out of bed at, at stupid hours. They lose all their social life. Mm. It's very hard for, to get some young young bakers to be keen to, to get in here in, in the middle of the night and, mm. and make bread. And You've got to have some very keen boys and girls, that's for sure. I've had about, oh, I've trained about 15 apprentices now, Lukey, and actually five of them have all gone on to buy their own bakery. So That must be really um, rewarding for you. Oh, there's nothing better, you know, and I still get phone calls and I go visit them at their bakeries and around, their, around the little countryside here and bloody fantastic, mate. I can't. I, I had one female here and she uh she actually won the apprentice of the victoria and went off for the state championships so, oh wow 
Yeah, she was she was fantastic, actually. Your young apprentices have got to get into work at what time? At midnight they start. Finish about half past seven, eight o'clock. They've got to try and sleep during the day like Thomas and I do. Uh, it takes a very special kid. And I've got two very special kids. Don't you worry about that. Well, uh, aren't you lucky that you found them? God, I should buy a cash lottery ticket every day for them. I really should. They, uh, they're here. They're, there's no questions asked. So I ask them to be here at certain times or work an extra... You know, they have weekends off, Luki. I do, I do Saturday, we're shut on a Sunday. I also look after them. I give them, you know, we go we go away to the bacon shows and I take them all the way. You know, I shout them in a hotel room and free piss all weekend and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So It sounds to me, Damo, that your setup is like a family. Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And I, and I treat the boys as, I tell them they're my boys. They're my kids. It's simple as that. How long do you think you'll have them until they move on? And that's up to them, Lukey. They, they've got to go and experience the world. There's, there's only so much I can teach them. There's always a different angle and perspective at different bakeries. So I like them to go and uh, experience a different place. And that's why I also, we try to look after them as much as we can, mate. We really do. Around Australia on the Triple M Network, this is The Night Shift with Luke Burner. The Night Shift. There he is, Gavin Morris. Thanks to NBN Channel 9 and uh, another cyclone looming off the coast in far north Queensland. Something to look forward to, eh, listeners? Uh, this is The Night Shift Around Australia on the Triple M Network. One triple three five three. But if you'd like to send an email that we can look at over the weekend, nightshift at triplem.com.au. If you can feel a shifting in the force, it's because Tash Belling has just entered the building and we'll have news chat in just a sec. There's a movement in the force. I can feel it. I, <laughs> I can feel she's close. Ta- Tash Belling, the news dynamo here on the Triple M oh, Network. Sweet. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Happy Friday. How was your week? It's been a very, very good week because it's gone quickly. That's an Hasn't indication it? that things are going okay. Yes. Lots of interesting calls, lots of topics. We've uh, been right. on top of it. We've broken a bit of news, played the new Billy Joel song this morning. Oh, what, what do you think? I like it. It's do a ballad. You? It, it, I like it. You, you have a listen to it a little bit later, but we were very lucky to be able to be the first in the world to play that because it was you. embargoed. And, and so we, we played, I played it twice today. I like it so much. Uh-huh. Anyway, Tash, let's have a look at what's happening. We, one thing we did discuss on the Man Cave today mm-hmm. was the horrific um, break in protocol and this poor woman that was taken by the shark, the horrific photos of her injuries being leaked someone's taken a photo and leaked it. I mean, it's a terrible breach of privacy, confidentiality on, and privacy, isn't on, it? On every level. Considering what this poor woman has gone through, of course, her name is Lauren O'Neill, and an incredible survival story. She was uh, attacked by, they uh, believe, a bull shark. Uh, they've identified a possible bull shark in Elizabeth Bay in Sydney Harbour earlier this week. It was about 8 o'clock at night. She went for a dip off a private wharf. Now, what the incredible angle was earlier this week is that a local neighbour who heard someone scream out shark attack actually went to her rescue and was able to bandage her and use her expertise to stabilise her and that helped save her leg before ambulance crews arrived. But the development's Yesterday was, as you mentioned, this very graphic photo of her terrible leg injuries was leaked online. There was lots of speculation where it may have come from. St Vincent's Hospital had launched internal investigation. 
But uh, late yesterday, New South Wales Ambulance admitted that it was the source of a leaked graphic image of that mm. shark attack victim's injuries. What I think is really, and of course they've come out and apologised profusely for this breach of privacy and confidentiality. You can imagine from her point of view, can't you, Luke, that she has undergone this and in her moment of possibly losing her leg or, you know, her life, she's had to endure someone taking a, a photo of her injuries. But I think what we need to mention today is the fact that New South Wales ambulance officers, I've had a couple of personal experiences in ambulances, and the officers are sensational. And we need I know. to remember that. No, one, yep. no one's arguing with that, yep. Tash. No one is arguing. My sister-in-law is a paramedic, and the Correct. things that she does are is un- life-savers, unbelievable. Literally. But yep. you don't take photos Absolutely of not. somebody's serious injury and, and share it. Absolutely. You don't do it. Oh, I agree 100%. But that also, you would agree with this, that would never happen. I guess maybe the invention of the iPhone. You of course that's get, what it is. Yeah, but, you know, there were, there's been lots of cases recently. Joan Rivers, the famous comedian over in the US, there was lots of controversy that she'd gone in for a procedure and someone had been taking photos of her mm-hmm on the operating table when she was unconscious. Was that because they were going to get paid for the photos? Because no one's suggesting this person's getting paid, but I, I, you know, someone might be tempted to take a photo of a horrific accident and share it with their partner and go, oh, my God, can you believe this? But and in it, today's but, world, you can't share it because within two seconds, you if can't. you share something, it circulates, you know, It's a massive breach of privacy. If it was, Absolutely. If it was you or one of your family that oh. was involved in an accident, would you want the photo shared? Absolutely not. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but even not taken to start with, because you're in a very vulnerable state. She wouldn't have known what was going on, and there was speculation they were possibly taking the photo and sending it to government authorities to no. identify the type of shark. But um, we wish her the very best. Lauren, to survive, that was incredible. She's kept her leg incredible work by the neighbours, ambulance what about the officers. I know, oh. who, who is the neighbour, and also surgeons. I want to bring Scotty Phillips, Chief Economist from Motley Fool, in on this story, Tash, because... Um, we've hammered inflation. We've got down uh, inflation surprisingly quickly. Mm. I personally believe, and I've been talking to Shane Oliver from AMP about this this week, I think it's proof that the Reserve Bank did overhammer us uh, last year with interest rate rises. However, yes. however, I, I'm, every economist is now saying surely they will not just freeze interest rates. They'll knock them on the head and bring them down. Maybe. But they're under a lot of pressure from three Labor premiers who have put in an extraordinary demand for the Reserve Bank to cut interest rates next week. Now, does a political party or a political leader have the right to put pressure on the Reserve Bank or should the Reserve Bank s- stay standing alone? Because... The moment you put pressure on the Reserve Bank, you may be look, looking at uh, manipulating them before an election. They would. Absolutely. They should be 150%. The Reserve Bank should be 150% independent of any government, state, federal, anything. And also the $200 million in Powerball went off. We'll talk about that very quickly. Scotty Phillips, good morning to you, buddy. Good morning, Luke. Morning, Tash. Good morning, Scott. Should political leaders pressure the Reserve Bank like these three Labor leaders? No, of course they shouldn't. It's ridiculous. Um, I got to say, one of the one of the, one of the unusual things about politics over the last couple of decades, as things have devolved and we've got really partisan and ugly, most politicians most of the time have respected the independence of the Reserve Bank in opposition and in government. Uh, they've done the right thing because we want the RBA to be apolitical, as you said, and as Tasha said, 
it, it, you know, that's the very point of independence. Once the police start weighing in, and here's the other thing, right? We all know it's horribly, horribly transparent. The Queensland Premier says, "Can you, the RBA should help out Queenslanders and drop rates because I know you're doing it tough. It's all that performative rubbish that basically is supposed to make us think, gee, the Premier's on our side. If you're like a good guy, I'll vote for him mm. rather than a genuine contribution to the national debate. Or if you're like, like in the place of Scott Morrison, who was facing an election and he was mm-hmm. facing an interest rate rise, he would have been very tempted to talk to Philip Lowe and say, hey, listen, buddy, do us a favour. And the Correct. moment you do that, you compromise the individual Absolutely. integrity of the Reserve Bank, which cannot cannot be influenced. They've got to stay independent. I reckon they got it wrong a couple of times last year. We got inflation under control pretty quickly. A lot of people are hurting. Surely they'll give us some relief, but that's up to them. Quickly, Powerball. Uh, two people have won it. $100 million each. What would you do with it, Scotty? You assume I'm not one of them, Luke. Uh, mate, I, I'm definitely... I admit, I'm, you I, you I, wouldn't Scotty, be doing this I'm interview. Still <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. Quickly, what would, Me too. You, what would you Next do? Next time. Uh, mate, you know, you have to, 100 million is too much. You have to give some of it away. It's all the boring answers, mate. You look after family, you look after friends. I, I'm, a, I'm a finance nerd. I invest it, mate, and live on the proceeds, quite honestly, which is a horribly, horribly boring thing to say, but it's exactly what I'd do. Yeah, what would you invest in, please? Thank you. I'm listening. <laughs> mate, with that much money, you just buy an index ETF and be done with it. Uh, j- jump into just a broad, a broad index fund that gets the return of the ASX. Here's the thing, 9% a year, you put $100 million away, you get $9 million a year. Yeah, I can live in, on that. In money from that. You do, yeah, you do the job. Quickly, the markets? Yeah, going to be a flat day. The US market's up uh, after a, a dud day yesterday. Uh, our market down, the index down over the future's about two points. So call that pretty flat. Dollar's also been bumpy this week, but down almost half a percent against the US dollar, 65.65 US cents. Love your work, mate. We'll be listening at Motley Fool on the Listener podcast. Scotty Phillips, thank you so much. Thanks, Luke. Bye-bye now. Let's see if he's at work next week. Let's see. You've got relatives in Singleton. I have. I'm I'm like, give them a quick call. That's where one of the winners of the $100 million lives. Tasha's Rel's in Singleton. (laughs) You're going to get a phone call today. (laughs) Today's Friday. Today's Friday. Friday's fish. Thursday's shepherd's pie. Wednesday's a roast cabin. Tuesday's soup. Monday's washing day. It's every morning I'm here. Yeah, bet your life we are.